1: episode of Podstruckling. I'm your host, Shiniko, and this is episode 206. Uh, yes, exactly. Double century. Uh, I am not joined at this moment in time by my always co-host for Monday Pods, Stacey Pan. That's at Pan 89 He is going to be joining us in about 10 minutes, uh, <laughs> but I am joined for this very, very special post draft podcast by one, the one and only John Schmelk, uh, who does about 7 billion things, uh, but most of them for the Giants now. We are robbed of his Knicks Nixon, Nixon analysis, but he is here with us today. John, how are you doing?
0: I'm good, man. I'm still foolish enough to, to tweet about the team. I just don't do the podcast anymore because I have a four-year-old and now about two-month-old running amuck in my house. So it was either give up some work where I'm not making really any money or get divorced, and I, I, I chose marriage. <laughs> How's that going? It's, it's going well. <laughs> good to hear. Uh, look, I'm not
1: going to waste time uh, doing... The Patreon ad read, because the great thing about having a producer, shout out Paul Dorsa, uh, is that he can just add that in. Well, before we get started, I do have to make an announcement that Strickland has a Patreon. You can subscribe to it. There's a $6 tier that gets you access to this pod right here, Pod Strickland, but only on Fridays, the one that I do with Prez. That also gets you access to the Strickland mailbag that is hosted every other week by Andrew Steele. And a rotating guest of co hosts, which was fun. There's also, you can access to the Strickland Discord, where the conversation never stops. I think we've concocted about 7,000 possible trade, trades up in the draft to get Jade and Ivy, some of which maybe we'll even talk about today on the pod.
0: There's a nine-dot here
1: that gets you access to my podcast, my solo podcast, Trick and Roll, where I rant, rave, and yell about the Knicks even more. You also get access to wonderful weekly articles by Jack Huntley, Matthew Miranda, and others. Uh, Other wonderful, wonderful authors we have. uh, At Frank Barrett, Jeffrey Rasmussen, he wrote uh, an article recently, which is excellent on there. Uh, There's further tiers. There's a $15 tier, $30 tier, $50 tier, and $100 tier. Those come with a variety of additional benefits, like live watch parties, listening in on pod recordings, merchandise discounts, and even potentially co-hosting a podcast. One day yourself alongside yours. truly whether you choose to subscribe or not, none of this would be possible without you. So let's just get into actually talking about fucking basketball. Um, look, I, I'll ask you this, because I think you, you've you had like a couple of interesting takes, I've thought. Uh, so I listened to you on the KFS pod, I think it was maybe two weeks ago that you were on with them? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and I actually, so you were like very kind of like, I wouldn't say pessimistic or down, but you were very much like, this team isn't going to compete for, like, three or four years, probably. And I actually agree with that part of it. I agree. They're probably not in a position to even put themselves in a position to compete for the next three or four years. Where I disagree with it is that, like, I that, that you can even go back and, like, look at my tweets and, like, search things I said, but, like... That was kind of always my belief when they struck out in 2019. Yeah, because... Yeah, so, like, I guess I just didn't... I don't care about that, but I will say this. I thought your tweets yesterday about kind of, like, what happened at the draft were really soberly thought out and very cogent, and, you know, if you just want to expand on what you talked about, like... I, I thought they were very, like, look, like, this is all part of the ultimate plan, and you can agree with it or disagree with it, but there is a fucking plan.
0: Yeah, and you know what? It's funny, and you can if you want to go check out, I think it's like a 13-part thread. Like I said, I don't write or do podcasts, so I got to put my thoughts out somewhere. Um, Atchmilk. Uh, yeah, and, you know, it's funny, and I think it was important that I waited until even Saturday to kind of tweet that thread out because it gave me kind of a day and change to really think about like, what they did, and the one thing that is kind of confusing me, Schwinn, are the people that say, well, I don't understand, the Knicks don't have a plan or a direction, and I look at those people, and I'm like, I don't, I don't understand, like, this is exactly what they did in the draft last year with one of their picks, when they kicked, frankly, in a worse trade than this one, traded a guaranteed pick in the teens for a pick that realistically might not convey, right. This year, and we could talk about the Kemba trade separately, right, they took an 11th pick in the draft where you were by all accounts, and no real draft person, I think, would debate this. Did you past- know that Clay Thompson
1: was selected with the 11th pick? <laughs> <They>
0: were like <laughs> they were basically and we love Prez, and you know you were past that elite group of players, like, look, I, I, if they grafted AJ. Griffin, I would have been fine. But if you watch AJ Griffin play basketball, the dude like can't really move. I mean, m- might that come back with past the injury sure, but I don't think and I and I like uh, Jalen Durin as a prospect. I think he's going to be a good center, but rim running centers in the top 15? All right, if he's really good, fine, but doesn't get me excited. So they then trade that pick for one pick that after the Kemba trade a pick that's going to guarantee to convey in 2025 somewhere in the mid 20s. You trade for a Pistons pick that, with the young roster they have, plus their cap space, I promise you will convey. By twenty twenty six, it might be. It's right? it's but the the picks they trade. They're, they're conveying this entire yeah. idea that they, what it's so. This is
1: what was so funny to me about like.
0: And by the way, let me just add one thing. Yeah. man What yep. pisses me off if I have one more fan tell me protected picks are worthless and they don't matter, I'm gonna slam my face into the wall. Like, do you know anything about how the <laughs> NBA works? Teams don't trade unprotected picks. I mean, of course they're. Oh, teams don't want those trades. Yeah, I'm sure. When the when Donovan Mitchell finally asked for a trade. The Pistons would rather go take a bunch of first-round picks from a team that's going to finish with, like, 57 wins than take Wizards and Pistons-protected picks. Those are better picks. I, I don't understand fans that think these picks are worthless. It, like, it, I don't know if they're just pessimistic. They can't get out of their own heads. I mean, they just literally traded one of these picks for Sam Reddish. Like I, I don't, and, and that was a worse pick than these. So that part just really kind of like, or and I didn't even bother like engaging in those debates because I didn't think I just didn't think it was worth it, quite frankly. And, and I, I don't understand that point of view.
1: Well, so like there's a few things there. Um, one thing is like, if you think these picks are worthless, all you need to know is that three of them magically moves you up into the lottery, right? Like, that's just... that. That's literally what happened. Uh, and, like, I am not... Whatever you want to say about, like, the analysis... Like, I, I think immediate post-draft analysis in general across any sport is pretty stupid. But, like, basically, pick value is pick value. That's not an analysis of the players. Any pick value chart will tell you the Knicks won this trade. Like... Yeah. And, and that's not, that's not me saying that they did win this trade. We will see if they won this trade because if Usman Jang or Jalen Williams or AJ Griffin or any players selected kind of within the range of who they could have reasonably selected at 11 hits, then obviously they look stupid. That's a very real risk they took. But what they are
0: betting, this is, and this
1: is what I don't think is getting like, like I think when we're talking about this, like,
0: like, what by is the, least, the you have to trust Walt Perrin to tell you that, all right, I don't think any of these guys are going to be the guy. I mean, you have to trust them. And I'm sure that's what was said in the draft room, right? Well, it's like,
1: there's also this weird thing where it's like, well, they're just punting on the draft. They're punting on the draft. They don't care about the draft. And I just, I'm sorry, I don't buy that at all. Like, they have a fucking 58th pick in their rotation. Like, that's a thing that they have right now. They took a rookie at 58, Jericho Sims, last year, and he is going to be in the rotation. He is going to be converted from a 2 way contract to an NBA contract. Like, and they drafted Emmanuel Quickly 25. They took Obi Toppin 8. Like, they, I don't think it's fair to, if you want to say the Knicks over the course of the history of the James Dolan ownership era has not valued the draft appropriately, that's fair. If you want to put that on this front office, I have a really big problem with that. And I
0: think sure, no, that- they haven't traded picks since Phil Jackson was the GM, like six years ago. Yeah, so yeah. like if you want to go back to Isaiah, fine, but post Isaiah, Steve Mill, like no, like they, they've actually valued their picks a lot.
1: Yeah, and, and they they traded this pick for three future first. Like like no. you said, like like it, that's a real value. And you can disagree you can disagree with that value. Like personally, I have said this. I will I will continue to say this and I believe this, like I would have preferred if they had done you trade the three first and instead of and we'll talk about the Kemba piece, all this shit, but like if they could have moved two thirteen and kept the other two future ones, I would have loved it. I I that would have been like my personal ideal situation. Like, I would have taken an A.J. Griffin or or I love Jalen Duran. Like, I really love Jalen Duran. Even if they had kept Mitch, like, to me, he is the type of center talent that the type of flexibility he offers you, I think, if he hits, uh, is worth betting on. We'll see what happens. But, like, just looking at it from a value perspective, I think they did fine. That is not my shit And I also think this. I think a lot of why the reaction was so fucking negative at the time, including my own. I'm not immune from this. I was so angry when we were doing our live stream doing this. A it's, a, it's the reporting. It was the reporting on the deal. The reporting on the deal was fucking dog shit. It was terrible. It was so fucking bad. Um, it, it, it sucked. Like, basically, for about an hour... We were just being told that we traded a first to dump Campbell Walker. And when you really boil down the trade, what it is is this. Okay. The Knicks traded 11. They got three future protected ones. One of those future first round picks they got was the Denver protect lotto protected 2023 pick. They exchanged that for the Milwaukee 2025 first which is one to four protected. And in the process, they dumped Kemba and they, they they traded out four second round picks. Now, if you want to say the Kemba piece of that, dumping Kemba for four second round picks, is a problem and that's a shitty value, I don't necessarily disagree with you at all. I do think it was a shitty value. I think they overpaid to do it because I think they felt they needed to. And I think a team like Detroit was positioned to take advantage of that desperation. That said, you walk out of the night plus two in overall first-round picks. You cleared cap space, which we will get into, for a player that you, like, I don't know, we can just say It's for Jalen Brunson. And let's be real. If they don't land Jalen Brunson now, I think if I were James Zolan, I would feel very justified in the cleaning house in the front office. Because your front office, you have the literal fucking godfather of Jalen Brunson as the president of basketball operations. And you hired his actual biological father, like literally his dad, as an assistant coach. If you fuck this up, like, I'm sorry. I don't think it's a rash. For James Owen to be like, you know what? You guys just don't have the juice, and I'm moving on. Wow, while, while, while you still set the
0: cupboard up nice. Hey, look, Schwinn, I, I know exactly what you're saying, and I would have liked to have another young player on the roster, but I also think you know, it's true that you would have had trouble finding playing time for whomever they would have drafted this year if Mitch is coming back, and maybe I'm overestimating this. I'm just assuming that Jalen Brunson is going to be here. You know, this is Leon Rose's son is Brunson's agent. The Knicks have an assistant coach. That's his dad. If they don't know that Jalen Brunson's ready to leave Dallas, what the hell are we doing here? I mean, the whole reason you hire Leon Rose is because he has player connections as an agent. There is literally no player in the entire NBA that he is closer to than Jalen Brunson. So if you don't know that he's coming, Leon Rose should not have this job. I, I I don't want to be crass about it, but I, I honestly do believe that. And if he doesn't come at this point, unless they have like, you know, they end up signing Zach Levine or, or what somebody, somebody like that, that that would arguably be a bigger fish. You know, I think, you know, you can argue that Leon Rose has no idea what he's doing. But I think my larger point on the thread, and I, I kind of didn't finish what I was saying when, when you asked me the first question, was quite simply, this is exactly what the Knicks have been doing, right? They've been trying to stack assets for an eventual trade for a star. And me personally, that's a huge priority because unless you have a star in this league and I personally don't think anyone on this Knicks roster is going to be that star RJ, I think borderline at, at, you know, maybe a couple all-star appearances in his career, but you know, that's probably a championship team, the third best player, more than the second best player. So you have to go get a star. So, Having future assets to do that, I think, is really important. So they've been stacking that for years. They're continuing to do that. And the other thing they've been trying to do, quite frankly, is not suck. Um, I think they would have been okay sucking the first year Leon Rose is here for a full season. You know, then Julius Randle looks like freaking Giannis Atetacupo for a year and they get the four seed. And I think, frankly, that kind of screwed up the front office because then they're sitting there, they're like, well, how are we going to tell ownership? and the fans, frankly, that we're going to bail on all these vets that got us the four seed. So they did their best to re-sign them imaginable deals last year. And I think, you know, partly to the front office's credit, they've recognized that, and I think they see that, look, last offseason was a mess. It was a huge failure overall. It didn't work. They're willing to admit that and, and try to move on. Now, are they... Should they be criticized for having such a bad offseason last summer? Absolutely. That's more than fair. Um, But I think they're still trying to be okay. And quite frankly, and, and this is, I'll end here and then you can go because I'm covering a lot here. You know, I used to be part of Team Tank. I was really looking forward, quite frankly, the year they got the fourth seed. And it took me a long time, quite frankly, to buy into that team because I wanted them to suck that year. You know, I thought. At that point, they had Obi at that point already, right? They had RJ, and I thought they needed another top five-ish pick in order to have a good enough young core that you could then build around with free agency and trade and stuff like that. Now, I think my opinion is I think we're going to eventually see that fourth seed season as a curse more than a benefit. It was fun at the time, but I think generally we're going to decide, boy, that kind of... You know, probably set them back a year more than anything else. Um, but I think now they're going to kind of reassess and say, look, we are going to try to play the young guys here. I think they're going to try to get these veterans off the team. If You look at Leon Rose's statement, that's kind of what he was talking about. But I don't think right now, Schwinn, and I think you'll agree with me, unless you pull an OKC and literally tell R.J. Barrett and quickly not to play for a full season— even if you eject Burks, Randall, and Rose from this roster, you're still winning 30 games, You know, maybe 31 or 32, but that's still the eighth seed in the draft lottery, the seventh, and you're probably not getting a superstar there. So I don't think a true top three tank is feasible, given the young talent on the roster. So I think the front office is saying, look, our way of getting a star is going to be a trader for agency, and we have to be a better team in order to attract that guy, which is why I think, that's why they will eventually sign Jalen Brunson this offseason, which also I think will help take the – it'll it'll be easier to take the ball out of Randall's hands if it's they're taking the ball out of his hands for Brunson instead of really, really young, unproving guys like quickly. So that's kind of how I look at it. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm looking at it with rose-colored, no pun intended, glasses, and, and I have way too much confidence that they know what they're doing. But that's my gut feel as to kind of what the current course and plan is this team in front office. I could be wrong, but that's my guess.
1: I mean, like I I mentioned, like, literally, if there's ever a time... Quite frankly, like, this is what it is. If, like I said, if if they can't land Brunson, Dolan should feel fine and comfortable firing all of them. Yes. Because there should never be a situation where this front office... Like, literally, this front office doesn't know that they can or cannot land Jalen Brunson. They made these moves, not entirely, but very much in part, to clear space to sign Jalen Brunson. If they do not sign him, I do not care if people think this is rash or if it's an overreaction. If James Dolan decides that they are not fit for purpose after that, I am totally okay with that.
0: Or basically, what you do then, if you like Brock Aller and you like Walt Perrin, then make one of them the general manager. Yeah, fire, and then fire Leon Rose. That's fine. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That's fine. Just do that. But like, ultimately, there needs to be a complete. Sh- there, there should be an understanding. A, a shift in the dynamic of the front office at that point is very much justified. Now, going back to what you talked about in terms of, you know, uh, all the like. What I will say, where I disagree with you, maybe, I think, is that even if they land Jalen Brunson to me, it becomes even more imperative that they get the fuck off of Julius Randle. Oh,
0: I don't, yes, I, I agree with that. Yeah. I just don't think it's possible.
1: I think it is possible. I think if they don't set their fucking, like, if you don't set the price to, like, what do you want for Julius Randle? Like, I do not want anything. I want to be rid of him.
0: Yeah, see, I, I, don't, I don't think they're willing to just do a straight
1: dump. That's but and, and, but like, and that to me, we'll know. I, I didn't know that they were that willing to move off of Kemba until they did it. Really? I'll say
0: that. Oh, see, I, I, I thought I, I thought we kind of knew that they were ready to get him. To I, no, I
1: thought they were ready to get rid of him. I didn't know they were so ready to get rid of him that they would have attached four, four twos. Is a lot.
0: Four twos is a lot.
1: That's a lot, and I understand like.
0: Not when you have a million. So. But even if you, yeah, have by a the million. way, they are still plus four twos, and yeah. with all their other draft picks, those are picks that they probably never even would have made. to be quite 100%. Honest. But even
1: when you have a surplus, even when you don't plan on using those picks, that's a lot of picks. That's a lot of picks. I would not have expected this front office. I would have thought they would have used those picks before they had to actually
0: draft them. Well, and sure. Yeah. How about this? Does that mean that maybe they would be willing to not get value for Randall? I was this... going to say, you know, may, you know, is this a Brock Aller deal where he's like, oh, I don't want to trade Randall well, with his values at his lowest, which I get by the way, but didn't they just do that with Kemba? Yeah, and that, and that's kind of like what I'm thinking. And was like, I think we're taking a lot
1: of well, there's no smoke about Julius getting traded, so. They're just cool with him. I well, think.
0: By the way, he's so sensitive; they couldn't leak that. the yes. minute you leak, you're trying to move him. He's gonna fall apart mentally. Let's be honest. Yeah,
2: you know they don't call him Julius Handel's bad news well.
1: <laughs>
2: Julius Randall's bad news well. So.
0: No, it's it's like I
1: I don't and and I think like, look we all saw the the rumors about Brogdon, right like oh the Knicks will move 11 for him oh the Wizards would move to like I
0: never bought that by no,
2: the way. no I I never bought it either and and now like. Well, I mean, it was also the way it was, that's, um, that's kind of what, um, what's been interesting about a lot of these reports. It's like, the Knicks are armed with the 11th pick, and they're interested in Malcolm Brogdon. Okay, you know, like, I'm armed with my life savings, and I'm interested in a house, uh, a a terrible car, (laughs) a terrible beat up car. Um, And I am, I would, I'm interested in it. You know, I'm interested in this burrito that costs really well. I wouldn't pay my life savings for it. Um, it and then the same thing's happened with this Cam Reddish thing where it's like the Knicks were willing yeah. to trade Cam for Jaden and Ivy. Ergo, they're going to dump him. Right? <laughs> <And> <laughs> it's it's a lot of bullshit.
1: But like the, the point, the Randall thing is like, yeah, I, I think, you know, look, like, they got all these protected first. Look, Julius Randall at the end of the day, he's what, $26 million salary? Or twenty three, twenty three point seven. I think is what he counts that for next year. Now, I would, at the very minimum, if I were the Knicks, I would at least be quietly exploring. Hey, look, what does a few of these protected first with that number get us? You know, like I, I think I, I, I don't feel that the lack of smoke we've seen about them shopping Julius or interest in Julius should be taken as an indication that they don't want to move Julius. Um, well, they,
0: too, by the way, I think there is value to get him off the books for 2025, too. If you know, And then if you can get just get a deal that's a couple years shorter, I think that does help you. Yeah,
1: I think it does. I also think that there, you spent an eighth overall pick on Obi Toppin. And last year, we were like, yeah, you know, Obi hasn't shown enough. Like, There's a, there's a reason we should bring back Julius, and we'll figure it out. I think this past year we saw a lot from Obi Toppin. A lot. I don't care what the fuck people I have some jackass talking about you know he's he doesn't have a great post
0: game as defense. Who is he at the elbow? Yeah,
1: like, I don't care, man. I don't give a
0: single fucking fuck. Well, I, I will say so... this though, that his shooting at the end of the year was a big part of his really good end of the year. It depends a what lot does... of his future. So are, are you has to do with how real that shooting was. To be honest with you.
2: How 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 much of a have you heard of Darko DPM, John?
0: I have not. Oh wait, wait. wait so wait, it you is mean the um, Darko the advanced uh, statistic thing. Yeah, yeah. I've yeah. Heard that, hmm?
2: It's we we have been going nuts with these curves. It's a pure coincidence that they happen to love manual quickly. Um, pure coincidence. There has nothing to do with how much uh, me and Schwin have been posting these on Twitter. But um, you know they do a, a kind of a metric to estimate your your three point shooting. They estimate OB is about a 35% three-point shooter. Oh, that's pretty good. Um, and so here's a question I'm going to pose to you because it's tough. This is just a tough thing to empirically tease out as a fact. But my contention for a while has been this guy shot 39% from three, limited volume in college. He's a solid free throw shooter. His form is good. But every time he came into the game for the better part of a year and a half, it was for one or two shots a game in a nine or 10 minute period. Doesn't have a very defined role. Um, and that was what, like, he was at 20% three-point shooting. I don't think he was, he might not be at 35% three-point shooter. I definitely don't think he was 20%. Do you think that plays a role in terms of, how much do you think it's just maybe fool's gold or just randomness that he was shooting better at the end of the year? Or how much do you think it could have to do with the fact that he finally had a defined role and, like, he'd have to look to the sideline every time he made a, you know, he took a shot to see if he's getting pulled?
0: I think it's both. You know, look, we see players go through hot streaks over you know, 15, 20 games all the time, right? So I think he's not a... I agree. He's not a 20% shooter, but I don't think he's a 40% shooter either. So what if he comes in like 32%, right? So then he's... um, Oh, God, the the center from Indiana. I can't even think of the dude's name. Turner.
2: House Turner. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I think he's better than that. But yeah, that's fair.
0: You know, so he's that. So look, and and I I know you're... The the Strickland base is probably going to come after me here with daggers. (laughs) But look, here's how I look at Obi, okay? He's... An okay defender, you know, probably slightly below average, but he's gotten better. Um, he's a below-average rebounder. He's an excellent finisher. He's a great cutter off the ball. He's a he's a great rim runner. Um, he's a great guy in transition. I think he's an average shooter. He's a guy that I still think struggles to create his own offense with the ball in his hands. And, yeah. and, that, and that, that's all fine, by the way, but I do think it limits his ceiling. So do I ever think Obi Toppin's going to make an all-star game? No, I do not. Do I think Obi Toppin could be a starting power forward for a team in this league at some point? Sure, I could see that. But I, I and I, and I, I do, and, and that's fine. But I also don't think you build around a player like that either. You know what I mean? Do, I don't, don't. think um, you I, fucking, I don't
1: think you need to build around. like that. Is why <laughs> Obi is a good player. You don't need to build around him. You don't need to fucking. You know, curtailed offense to his fucking specificities and what he wants and what he doesn't want. No, he fits in. He fits yeah, in. I he agree. will fit in. He will find. But way that's to
2: that's fit. kind of my. That's I wanted to follow up with John on that because I think when we're weighing these two things, right? This this we hear these conversations a lot. Is Julius Randle capable of things that Obi Toppin isn't? And there not is nothing.
1: Julius Randle fucking sucks. No. There is nothing. That's, there's I know, no- I'm setting up. Hold on. I don't up care. Up no, 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 no. Queen. I don't care. Hold on. I gotta get this. I gotta. I I gotta, gotta get, get this the I, queen before I give you the I gotta man. get this. My Julius Randle should not factor into. This team's future at all. No, he I should not that. matter. He should not factor into the decision making. They shouldn't give a single fuck about what his feelings are, what his fucking emotions are, or what he thinks, or his fucking contract. And he is a fucking he is like a like yeah a cross you're bearing right now.
0: Now, Stacey, uh, Stacey, I, I'm going to steal your point, but I think you make a good point. While Julius Randall is a guy who does do some things better than Obi Toppin. Is he a guy that will be able to contribute to a winning team in a specific role better than Obi Toppin? Exactly. And I'm yeah. Not sure no, that he is.
2: No, it's impossible. And, and especially on this team. Uh, by the way, I am Stacy. I hopped hi, on uh, kind of late. I, hi, John. Um, I am on Central Time this week and forgot that there is apparently a time difference, so right. I had to hop on late. Uh, I am in Minnesota. Minis- I can't do it. Minnesota. You're you're in Minnesota. Minnesota. I'm hanging out with Kermit Wilson. So. How is he doing? Uh, he's he. I dunked on him, actually. So I'm not advertising So that. you're Wancho. Uh, yeah, I'm Wancho. He told me he wanted Archie to have the last shot. And I said, all right, not- well, you, you don't want me to have the last shot. But he, on the next point, I think, John, you hit, him, you hit the nail on the head. And it's also like when we talk about this team, on the surface, you're like, you're getting rid of Julius Randle replacing with Obi Toppin. Oh, my God, that's a downside, right? And who I think thinks that? Julius Randle was the... Like- People on Twitter, so and, and probably basically, like I
1: think
0: it's people that didn't watch the next year. Now I will, and I will say this: I think if you look at how defenses react to Randall, they do not react and shift their defense towards any other Nick player as much as they do to Randall. I do but think he
1: doesn't capitalize on that, so it doesn't matter. I, like he's fucking twice. I don't, tw- no. don't care. I don't much care. Much I don't John. John, I promise you, I don't give a fuck what numbers are gonna throw at me. I do not give a single shit <laughs> what Julius Randall averaged. He could average 17 fucking assists no, per true. per three shits he yeah. takes, and I don't care because he fucking sucks. He was so bad last year. He played like a selfish piece of shit asshole. He was a terrible leader. He showed zero fucking leadership. He was a garbage. Like what was he? Fucking fifty-one and a half. He had a worse true shooting percentage than RJ Barrett, yep. who everybody wants to talk. Oh, he's inefficient. Inefficient. This guy was. Oh, he's bringing. He's bringing the pressure off RJ. What pressure? What pressure? He brought pressure onto the team with his own fucking bullshit. We have the most epic victory of the year against the Celtics. We come back from like 25 down. This is like this insane epic victory. RJ hits this insane game winner off the fucking backboard. And what is the storyline for the next fucking week? It's about this fucking asshole giving everybody a thumbs down and then saying, oh, what did it mean, Julius? Oh, I told him to shut the fuck up. Like, Fuck him. Okay, I'm about, so sorry. About the Fuck team? this guy. Get him out of here. I don't want him on this team anymore. He doesn't deserve to be on this team anymore. The <laughs> fact of the matter is, the team plays better without him. I don't care what his individual numbers are. Every single metric is better without him assist percentage, true shooting percentage, offensive rating. Defensive rating. Like, there's literally... The only thing that's down is Schwinn's
2: heart rate. There's
1: nothing... No, but you can joke about all you want. There's literally nothing they did on the floor last year better with this sad sack of shit on it. Okay? There's
0: not a... Can I I point out two things? Sorry, I just want to point out two things. I I agree with you, and then him walking off the court, like, pouting when they had that big win at the end of the year, too. Like, look, I, I, I agree with all that. If I could erase his contract and get him to the books right now, I absolutely would. No argument on any of that.
1: Yeah, and be a culpa. I was wrong. I was wrong. You they too. shouldn't have extended him. We were all wrong. So if you were, if you're one of the people, shout out State NYK Pod. Whatever your new handle is on Twitter, uh, you were right. I was wrong. They shouldn't have extended him. They should have just let him play at his contract, but they did. So whatever the fuck, we got to get the fuck out of it. We got to get him out of it. I just,
2: I got I got to point out a couple of things. Number one, there's a volume thing that like shows how loud you are on our pod thing. And this is by far like it goes up and down like a heart rate monitor. This is by far the loudest, like, it's just a straight block going <laughs> forward for about 15 minutes. Um, going back to, to, I, I will say, I think with Randall, they really didn't have a choice. I think there would have been outrage if they let him walk last year or, or that they didn't resign him. And then he, or, I mean, I think the worst case scenario I guess would have been if you, if they just picked up the option and, and didn't sign him. Um, you know, and then he continued what he did last year, you know, they're in a tough spot. So I think that I, I don't blame them for that as much. But getting back to Obi, what I what I meant also was like, and I'll, I'll throw this to you, John, like I think that the first year was more understandable, even without the shooting numbers, like obviously he shot really well, but it's more understandable that they did the whole Julius-centric offense, right? Or heliocentric offense with Julius playing a poor man's LeBron. That's basically what he was, right? 2020-21, or trying to be. But last year, I think what Obi showed is, like, when he played with Quickly, when he played with, with Burks at point guard, right? I mean, I, I think that we, I, a lot of us wanted Quickly over Burks at point guard. I always wanted Burks at shooting guard. But you can see that the team moved more. Um, the team had a, um, you know, a, a kind of a, a more energy, fluid approach, more energy. I mean, but even, I mean, it's everything Obi does, right? Obi, like, one thing that gets underrated is, like, you talk about the, like, half, the long passes he gets in transition, but even when guards can't find him, you know, if he's taking two defenders to the rim on a fast break, that usually means Alec Burks or Quinton Grimes or Evan Fournier can walk in an open three, right? Um, but in the playoffs, you do need that creator, right? You do need someone who can, and Schwinn, don't yell, because I'm not saying that Julius needs to be that guy, but that is the trade-off where you, where you have there, right? Uh, John, I'll ask this to you. Do you think it just doesn't matter, or do you think that, um, I mean, is this a better team with Obi? Getting the bulk of the minutes, and Julius either in in his backup or are gone. Yes.
0: <sighs> Is it a thanks, John? <laughs> <laughs> I'm white. I'm bald. If they <laughs> if they bring in Brunson, I believe they're probably a better team with Obi getting the major minutes. Now, if the same, let's say they don't get Brunson and they fail to get another guy, that's gonna be responsible enough to, you know, handle the ball and and, and do a lot of other stuff. Does this... Look, the thing about Randall last year, too, is that it wasn't just like a, a drop back from his great year. It was also like the worst year of his career. So if he, like, bounces back a little bit next year and his attitude gets better, do I think he's probably more of a positive than Obi, uh, depending on who's around him? I, th- I think it's possible. I think it's feasible. Now, I'm with Schwitten, though. I, I, in my opinion... The way this thing is heading, you want to invest in the young guys. You're gonna to have to make a contract decision on Obi in a couple of years, so you have to figure out exactly what where he's at. And frankly, if he plays a lot and he plays well, then he's movable on a trade too. So, and you know, eventually down the road, if he ends up being a you know a, a better player than I think he's going to be, so yeah, look, I'm all in favor of in going with the youth here. You know, I do, I, 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 I'm more of a Brunson guy than you guys are. And I think the other young pieces do actually fit pretty well around him. I think it works. So, in my opinion, I'm all, and I'm not the biggest OB guy, as as you guys well know, but I think that he's a guy that does need to get a lot more run and a lot more minutes next year. But do I know for sure, you know, the nightmare that was Julius Randle, the same guy shows up this year that did last year, no. Is it more likely than not? Probably. Do I want to take that chance? Probably not. So, look, if, if you can, if you get, and I, you, I know you guys will just. Well, you've done the Jeremy Grant if, trade. You guys him, will just do this analysis. Yes. But Tom Thibodeau believes, and because there's no other way he, no, no nothing else he could believe because this is what he did. I don't think he trusts anyone more than he trusts Randall at this point to be the engine of the offense. But I think that changes if Brunson is brought in.
1: And I also think that is a reason
2: why he should be fired.
0: And that's fine. Um, do you guys I believe
2: this? Do you guys buy this? Come to, j- I mean, Berman talked about this. No, I don't. No, I, I won't. No, I
1: won't believe it until it happens. I won't believe it until it happens because there's nothing in Tom Thibodeau's career that indicates he's capable of not being the most stubborn,
0: biggest, gigantic asshole in the room. It's not I mean, possible. I mean, there's he nothing not in his turned off by Randall last year. I mean, we all saw it. I mean, but but he like he never changed. Like this entire idea that he couldn't do anything.
1: Is bullshit. Like, what could he not do? He couldn't do anything. Like, he couldn't. He played the fucking guy 36 minutes a night. Okay? Like, there were games where Julius was literally being the most cringe, gigantic asshole piece of shit, and he would still chart him out there for 36 a night, and Obi comes in there for his token six minutes each half, sprinting up and down the floor, trying as hard as he possibly can. It didn't matter. So I'm sorry. This entire. Julius, like, I don't care what Tom Thibodeau thinks. I don't care about what he wants. I don't, and I'm not, I know Did you watch the film? No, I months? didn't, and I don't care what Alan Hahn and his fucking blue check are telling me about. The scouts are telling me <laughs> like I do not give a single. Hey, John's fuck. a blue check
2: too. Let's be. Yeah, well, John's that. a good. John's
1: a good blue check because he's not a fucking simp for Tom Thibodeau <laughs> and his fucking crew. All right, like I'm sorry, but if you want to sit there and tell me, oh well, well, the scouts, the scouts was so the scouts are fucking stupid sometimes too because you know what the scouts let Emmanuel Quick last twenty five. The scouts let Desmond Bain last a thirty. Right, so I don't give a shit what NBA scouts say all the time. Okay, yeah, it's it's all that is. It's a it's a point of information. That's it. It is a point of information, and it matters to a certain extent. It does not matter beyond that. Now, Sean, I I will
0: say this: I think they could have cut his minutes down to like thirty, but I I do think that if you just outright bench the dude. You want to talk yeah. about just liquidating all potential trade value and making a completely negative asset out of the man? Because we both know if they did that, the way Randall would have reacted would have been, you know, Ben Simmons level oh, disaster.
1: Of, of, of course, they sh- they can't bench him. I understand right. that. So, I know, understand like, no. so like, like, but, but but that. But there are things, yeah, whatever. There, there are things they could have explored that uh, many other, like fundamental reality, right? You see how the season is going. There is no data to indicate that Randall at the four, no matter what the lineup, no matter who you're playing him with, it works. Nice last year. Okay, now maybe that's a Randall thing. Maybe it's, not, but it doesn't matter. It wasn't working.
0: I will say this too. I do. He think, would not I try. I think I think. I think. It's impacted by whether or not you're playing against starters or not. I think- they, okay, just that. Okay, I are. agree.
1: I agree. But he never. Tr- I'll give you. I'll give you two examples. Okay, two examples of games where he. Played Randall and Obi together, and it had a great positive impact.
0: No, that's fair. First,
1: first game of the season against Boston in real minutes, he had to play Rob- Randall and Obi together because Todd was out and um, Noel was out. Both of them were out. He played Jericho Sims. If you can go back and watch the game, he played Jericho Sims for like two minutes in the first half, and was like Jericho was not up to speed because he was a rookie and he's raw as hell. And he immediately pulled him, and he played. When Mitch wasn't in the game, he played Ronald right and all together. Super impactful minutes. And if you go back and watch that game in the third into the fourth quarter, those minutes turned the game towards the Knicks. Now, second game. Go watch, what, I think it was their second game in Toronto. Second game in Toronto. We are getting absolutely destroyed. We're down like 18 within the first eight minutes because we're playing our wonderful starting lineup with Kemble Walker. Wonderful player. Really, really good, I hope. Somebody's There's a reason they're to call him Kemba Runner, am I right? Yes, exactly. Kemba Sprinter. Um, Obi, come, he has to play Obi because I think Mitch was in foul trouble and Noel was in foul trouble or something. They turned the game. Obi is literally the best player on the floor for, like, two quarters. Literally the best player on the floor for two quarters. And we nearly win that game. But the point is, like, he never gave it a chance. He never gave it a chance. And I promise you, he is the only fucking coach in the NBA that would never try that. And look,
0: that's fair. That's fair. That's he, why I think the front office has to work and they it's on to, them too. It's on to, it's on them to too, front by front the front way. Front they're front they're front the front one. they're off the ones offseason to prevent oh yeah. Tom Thibodeau from doing what he did last year. And
1: they hired him and they are keeping him. So this is on them too. This is really not like me putting it all on Tom. Like it's on them too. Like they, they're keeping him. So if this is your coach, you better figure out a way to streamline this roster. And we need to get into this because we talked about Julius, and it'll be way too much to t- talk to you, uh post-Rathbot. Let's talk about
2: – got to talk about Jalen Brunson.
0: Well, oh, by to- the way, I, I, I looked- will – Can we talk about Jalen
2: Brunson versus another guy? But sorry. Yes. Sean, go
0: ahead. Yeah, quick question Um, before we jump to Brunson, and we will. Do you guys think it's actually possible for this Knicks team to actually try to tank at this point? No. You know, people no. tweeted me like, if you just benched the veterans last year, you would have won like twenty eight games. I'm like, guys, you think Alec <laughs> Burks point guard helped the team win? <laughs> I,
1: I, I said I said this I said this last year. I think if they had played the young guys more, they
2: would have been in the play in. So I I fundamentally do not think that they are and, a and, chance. Uh, the the, cl- the closest I think I've seen to that, because also the pe- the games that people complained the most about was like we were happy to see Obi and IQ and uh, you know the young guys play well and Sims. I mean, first of all, I think Sims is, doesn't get talked about enough, but he was lost at the beginning of the year against yeah, Atlanta. Yep. He did not look like an oh, NBA player.
0: And
2: then he went to from that to being. You know, I mean, that I don't think he's Mitchell Robinson's level yet. Schwinn is not as high on Mitchell Robinson as I am, but he, he's a viable rotation player, I think, at this point. Um, but th- that's when they were complaining. It's like, you're complaining about, like, what were you we supposed to do, right? And I think the closest thing, someone mentioned it today, and it, it was you almost had to laugh when he, they said it, but he was like, you'd have to try some experiment with quickly and RJ, where you, like, did what OKC does with Shea Gilgis-Alexander, where you, like, bench them half the time or don't play them, which... A, it's an RJ contract year, so let's see how that goes over. But um, <laughs> that, it's it's almost comical, like what you'd have to do to lose games. So no, there's no way they could. They, that's out of it.
0: Yeah, well, like I question. said, if they wanted to tank, it was going to be the 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 COVID year. But they ended up being good, and then since then, there was really no. And people like fans don't realize like the the levels to which NBA teams go now when they really want to tank. Like. It's not like twenty-seven wins is like gonna like get you like a top-three odds in the. You gotta win like twenty-one or nineteen.
2: It's a miserable. You, you gotta go thirty minutes really of. You gotta go thirty minutes of poku. You. Thirty minutes of poku is that. I, mean, me. I
1: mean, look, look. Like, <laughs> know. Like, 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 let's. If we're being real about it, like, there is no path to the Knicks tanking that doesn't involve shutting down guys like quickly. And Ob yes. and RJ, there's yes. no path to that. And like, what? Like, I'm sorry. Like, if that is what you think
0: needs to be done, I just will never agree with that. And by the way, this that. is a team that's selling out the Garden still on a regular yeah. basis. They're, they're Look, like, never going to do that, John. I don't know you. You might know more than me, but I would I would ask you this: Do
1: you think that there's any front office, any front office that comes into the Garden when James Owen hires them, that they have a mandate? To be able to tank for multiple years,
0: I think that would have to be decided on when the hire is made. Do you think that Leon Rose,
1: like just based on how they've operated, do you think Leon Rose had that mandate? No,
0: they hired Tom Thibodeau for God's sakes,
1: right? And so, like that is my thing. Is like, I if you think that like the OKC's okay shit and the Houston stuff is like that's what the Knicks should do, fine. I'll cool. That that is totally okay. I get it. Now. Do you actually think that is on the table for Leon Rose and company? I don't, especially not like like you said, I agree with you that their first year in charge, I think they they probably they wanted to tank maybe in a lot of ways. And I think they were very okay with it. Yeah. But once they got into a role, I mean, look, they were eleven and fourteen. I would I would love to ask him. I would love to get him on truth serum and ask him when you traded for Derek Rose at eleven and fourteen. Did you think that that was was that just a move to like bring in a nice vet who Tom Thibodeau knows and to appease him? Or did you make that move to win a lot of basketball games? Because I think the answer is the former. I don't think they ever expected that move to have the effect it did. And it's fine. Okay, look, you make moves have like Masai Shiri nearly traded Kyle Lowry before he even gave him a chance without Rudy Gay, right? And You know, James Dolan famously was like, I'm sick and tired of being embarrassed by Mazzotti Jiri. No more trades. And lo and behold, Kyle Lowry ends up like an all-time great Raptors player. Um, But, like, the point is, like, unexpected things happen, right? I think they wanted to tank that first year. It didn't happen for a variety of reasons. There are trickle-down effects from that. What they have done now, and we need to talk about this, right? We need to talk about the draft. I think they made a calculated choice of like we are not a tank team. How can we get better? We use this pick to get these three first, which gives us more ammo in future trades. More and maybe equally importantly, more importantly, however you want to frame it, it cleared cap space. They are now a very real threat to get, get Jalen Brunson, and this is what I think. I like there's this notion of like, well, if the Mavs just go five years, the Knicks can't match that. If I am Jalen Brunson and I have made, he's on the Mitch contract, basically, right? So, like, has made nothing for four years in NBA terms, not for real people terms. I would love to make what Jalen Brunson has made in the last four years. Uh, but like for NBA, you mean that's not what you're getting from the Strickland pub? I, it's not. I don't make 1.9 million a year. Uh, but like, if he, If I'm him, I would rather sign a four-year contract with a player option on the fourth year than I would rather get a five-year guaranteed deal. Because if I get the player option, I get to hit the free agent market again when I am 29 years old.
0: And by the way, I think that helps the Knicks, too. Again, we talk about the 2025 year. That helps the Knicks there. I think
1: they, they made this trade very much, obviously. I think you would agree with this, John and Stacey, that they made this deal very much like with an eye on Brunson. I... I
2: don't agree. 100... Which which deal are you talking about? Four seconds for Kemba? Yeah. Trading That's... out of the 11th pick. No, 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 no not that not that, 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 that. not that. Not that. The second. Yeah, but I think it's important because I see way too many people saying we dumped a first for Kemba Dude, to get rid of Kemba. Don't
0: get me started. It doesn't make a lick of sense. They No, they didn't. That, that the, the two trades were linked, but they would have traded out of that 11 pick even if they were not Trying to move Kemba for cap space. In my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's,
1: it's, they had to, like, the thing is, what I don't think people get is, like, when you make these trades, a three team trade, these teams have to, like, touch each other is the technical term.
2: Yes. Sorry, what? Like,
1: teams have to touch each other in trades. Right? So if you make a three-team trade, <laughs> that's a technical term. Yes, they have to touch each other. That's
2: a technical <laughs> Do term. I need to give you the talk?
1: Yes, you do. But like so, so basically, like the notion that the Knicks traded 13 to dump Kemba is because of how the trade needs to be structured. Right? So like the Knicks want to trade Denver, the Denver 23 first for the Milwaukee 23 first but they also want to dump Kemba in the process. Detroit says, we will take on the Kemba contract if you can make a deal with Charlotte to get us 13, right? And if you get us 13, we will give you Milwaukee. So it's really just this glorified exchange of first-round picks with the Kemba salary dump stuck in the middle of
0: it. That's what it is. And which, by the way, the reason Detroit wanted to make that trade, because once that... Denver pick conveys next year which I all we all think that's probably likely right then there it gives them more ability to trade more of their future picks because it fills that the the uh, protected pick that the Knicks own now that Detroit owns and it allows them the more flexibility with what picks they can trade is my point
1: yeah 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 absolutely and like i just think like the, the i agree with you Stacey, those trades are not directly linked right like the first trade is the like, they traded the first for three first
2: because they, I mean, maybe they, maybe Davis was their guy. Uh, I really think they liked Griffin. I don't know what happened there, but yeah, like maybe push comes to shove. And like we haven't talked about it, but how much were Knicks fans obsessing about? We can't give up quickly. We can't give up Grimes. Uh, and by Knicks fans, I mean me too. For Ivy, well, now next time that kind of situation comes around, I'm not saying those three protected first replace that fully, but. You know, they all really we we kind of skated over it, but really all we had before this draft was that Dallas extra first, right? That was really our only meaningful extra asset.
1: Well, you know, we should only trust scouts when they serve our purposes in narratives. Um, you know, like maybe NBA scouts. But we, we should um, don't value Obi Toppin, and therefore they're right. We, we should. Um,
2: <laughs> we we should talk. I definitely want to give John a chance. I think I want to hear your thoughts on Brunson. I know you've talked a lot about this. Um, I know, um, and I think you're also probably a little, I think, I don't think you're low on quickly. I think, um, you know, but I think that, you know, there, there are people who want to just hand quickly the reins, no matter what. I do tend to agree with you that that's quickly probably hasn't done quite enough or a hundred percent of what you need to do to say, I'm going to pass on Jalen Brunson. But there's another name that's popped up uh, in the, the um, DeJounte Murray, um, who is rumored to be available for coincidentally three yeah, first-round it's picks. too
0: expensive.
1: Are you ready for the NBA champs to be crowned? Join the finals action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA bet and get $150 in free bets instantly. Looking to turn another small bet into a big payday during the NBA Finals? With a DraftKings same-game parlay, you can do just that. This NBA season, a customer placed a $5 same-game parlay and won over $5,000. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, total threes made, total rebounds, and more. And boom, you have a shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TBPN, Make any five dollar bet during the NBA Finals and get one hundred and fifty dollars in free bets instantly. That's promo code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply.
0: See show notes for details.
2: Okay, so you you prefer Brunson? So would you prefer to Brunson or Murray in a vacuum?
0: I think DeJounte Murray is too expensive. Um, I have not done enough work on Murray as I have on Brunson to say for sure that, you know, in a vacuum, equal value, I'd prefer one to the other. I I do think I like Brunson as a shooter more than I do Murray for sure. But the bottom line is that you're going to have to give up those picks for Murray. Then you're going to have to pay him probably more than you're going to pay Brunson, to be quite honest with you, because you already, you know, invested so much in him with the trade that given that Brunson – for the most part will only cost salary cap space and whatever you have to move to, to get that salary cap space and all those factors in the mix. I think Brunson makes a lot more sense because again, my whole thing here. And the reason why I think I was more positive about draft night than everybody else is that eventually you want to land a star player. If you want to challenge for a championship, and I don't think that player is currently on the New York Knicks. So, I think training for Dejounte Murray actually makes it less likely hmm. you're able to obtain that superstar down the road. While I think the Brunson move by just using cash base to bring him in makes it more likely. So I, I would, it, given the circumstances, I would rather have Brunson.
1: Um, I yeah. have, I have absolutely no desire to to add Dejounte Murray to this team. I think he's a terrible fit with RJ Barrett. If you want to add DeJounte Murray to this team, I think you're essentially saying that you don't think R.J. Barrett is worth significant consideration. As Doesn't on-
0: Murray have to have the ball in his hand? Isn't that his yes. deal, right?
1: Yeah. That's what I think. And like, look, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he can develop. I will just say this. I saw somebody replied to you, Stacy, and said, oh, a couple of years ago, DeJounte Murray shot well from fucking three on catch Well, jumpers. last year on
2: catch and shoots, I tweeted this, that he was 35% on catch yeah. and shoots on, and, on and about I, three attempts a game. So it's not Yeah,
1: nothing. no, I think it's nothing because I don't think teams give a shit. Like, I don't know if you, go watch the game they played against the Pelicans in the, uh, in the play-in. Nobody gives a fuck. Nobody gives a single fuck about DeJounte Murray shooting catch and shoot jumpers. They want him to shoot those shots. They're happy for him to take those shots. they love for him to take those shots because he doesn't want to take those shots. And it's very, very obvious when you watch him play, he doesn't want to take those shots.
2: How do you weigh that, though, if we're talking about Brunson? He has no
1: versus,
2: Like, Well, yeah, so Brunson- you, talked about, you talked about Murray being a better fit with RJ. Um, I don't think, John, you would agree with this. I think that the gap between, to me at least, quickly and RJ is closer than the consensus. And I think the fact is Murray is perhaps the best Backcourt partner for quickly, because he complements his strengths very well. The kind of fit issues you might have with Brunson and Quickly starting together, and and, and maybe you know maybe that maybe you shouldn't be thinking about Emmanuel Quickly when you build your team. And, and and I can certainly understand where you might be coming from. But if we're worrying about RJ, uh, you know Brunson is not an ideal fit with Quickly because of the defensive end, right?
0: Okay, so that was my question. Is is the reason they don't fit primarily their size and defense? And your I idea? think that would be kind of the. You know,
2: I mean, it just, it's just—it's tough to believe Tibbs would trust them together for extended I think minutes. I
0: quickly can guard twos. I got to be honest with you. His—I'm a lot higher on yes. his defense than others. I think his defense was fine. And frankly, I see fans talking about know, RJ. Huh? He was like RJ was kind of all defense this year. I go, dude, no, RJ yeah. was legitimately bad. And a lot, like yeah. Jimmy Butler like bitched him. I mean, let's be—I mean, there were a couple games yeah, where he embarrassed yeah. RJ Barrett.
2: I do want to highlight that John said, "Frankly, as a Nilakino, when talking about defense." So <laughs> I'm going to assume that was on purpose. But um, but um, I do agree that quickly can guard twos. Um, I just don't know if Tibbs would trust two sub six. I mean, has he done that ever?
0: No, it's a fair point.
2: Uh, I will say this:
0: he yeah. is long, though quickly he's got the wingspan. Yeah, I I get, and he got know, a lot well, stronger last year. That was a big difference.
1: I I, I get your point about. If you believe quickly is a better prospect or a similar prospect to RJ, is DeJounte a better fit next to him? Sure, I get that point. I do not like players whose entire value is tied to what they can do on the ball that have limited off ball utility. I think what about DeJounte, LeBron uh, I think LeBron is a singular force of nature. So if DeJounte
2: Murray was LeBron then sure. And you're gonna look pretty stupid when we come back to this pod in a few years.
0: Same for Giannis, it's, right? Because Giannis yeah. off the ball doesn't give you much if you if you have if you have a super,
1: if you have a superstar caliber player already in place.
0: Right. Well who's the win player think...
2: that that is that's primarily just only on ball. John?
1: Yeah, maybe or Drew. I think Drew's primarily an on ball player on offense. I know he had a really good three point shooting year this year, but like
2: Is Drew, like, if if we got Drew for three first-round pick, I mean, is Drew the best comp for DeMarco? I think so. I think he's he's better than DeJounte, but yeah. By the way, it's a Texas team, and it's D. Murray, so I keep almost saying DeMarco Murray. DeJounte.
0: Jimmy Butler's not much of an off-ball offensive guy, because he doesn't shoot threes.
1: Yeah, but he is a lot better than DeJounte Murray, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, and that course. that's,
1: and that, like, like look, look, this is the fundamental reality. I don't give a shit. We can talk about all the things DeJounte Murray's great at and all these fucking things, all his wingspan, his height, whatever. He has never had, not once, okay? He has never had a season that by true shooting percentage is more effective than either of Emmanuel Cookley's first two seasons at the NBA. Not well, once. By
0: the way, and you hit it. I mean, uh, sorry for interrupting, but. That's the one thing that, that I, I... Two things that bother me. One, Jalen Brunson is a ridiculously efficient player. We're just Very just yeah. Desperately need. I mean, say what you want about quickly, and I thought he improved in a lot of important ways this year. His shooting still wasn't where he needed to be. RJ's efficiency certainly not where he needed to be. We talked about Randall. His efficiency sucked. You need somebody that's actually going to give you... Be an efficient player, and I think Brunson's that guy. And I think he's a good leader. He moves the ball. Um, and frankly, he... He has a good mid-range game, which is something RJ. Does he has an not awesome have. mid-range game. He does not have that, right? And quickly, he has the floater, but he's not doing, you know, pull-ups from you know seven, fifteen to twenty feet because of his low release and you know other reasons, things like that. So Brunson brings the mid-range ability that Julius Randle thinks he has, but doesn't. Except Daniel Brunson can actually do it. And I think the Knicks do need that, especially at the end of games. When we talk about how much the Knicks blew leads and lost close games this year, you have a guy like Brunson that's going to be a steady leader, make the right decisions, make mid-range shots, and by the way, create his own action. Like He will immediately become the best Creator of his own shot, the Knicks have the minute he walks in the building, and it's not close. I, these fans are like, oh, well, he's only does these things because luca donchus is there. I heard you when you were on with um uh your your pod over the weekend, Schwinn. I forget who your guest was, and you were dropping his Derek numbers yeah. when Luca's is on the bench. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. Like it, uh, do these people not watch. Like it's not like Brun- like luca's getting doubled He passes it to a wide open Brunson and he scores. No. Brunson has the ball, and he's running the primary pick and roll. He's running the primary ISO, and he's getting his shots anyway. Like, he's legitimately, despite the fact he shouldn't be, given he's like 6'2 and not athletic, he's he's good at it. He's just crafty. He's smart. He knows what he's doing. The Knicks don't have guys like that right now, and I, that's why I, I think more than others why he would be such a good fit.
2: Anyway, but uh, yeah. on that same note, we're talking about mid-range, and I 100% agree, and I think the biggest difference – um, I think the biggest difference, and I think i tie this back to the Randall thing. Is it that Jalen
1: Brunson knows who he is at the elbow?
2: Knows who he is at the elbow. But when you're talking about Randall versus Obi, for example, right? But really, uh, Randall-centric offense versus kind of a Kumbaya spread the ball. Like the kind of offense that I'm talking about that we saw with that 36-4 run against, or it was in one run, but... You know the bench guys, Cam was part of it, Grimes quickly running the point guard with RJ kind of co-running it, right? More of the egalitarian offense. Um, you know, that feels like it would be better, but I do think they would run into difficulties, certainly in the playoffs, if, if we were to get there, but also against really good defenses, right? And Brunson is more playoff-proof or elite defense-proof than Quickly, who, to your point, you mentioned the low release of the mid-range um, and going left, right? But... The other person who is a very good mid range shooter for the last three years has been consistently shooting over 45% on a pretty high level of difficulty on a poor team um, is DeJounte Murray. Um, and he is, uh, this, you know, he's 25, bigger than Brunson. Um, and I mean, if we're going to take that into account, which I definitely agree with John that that would be the biggest thing Brunson adds, Bes- I think that I agree on the value thing, but I also think we're underrating what murray would bring to the offense and the idea by the way that if we sign brunson to this deal if they wanted to give brunson a max so if they gave brunson like the 25 that he's rumored to be after he could be this player and i think i'd be fine with it but if they signed him to a max or even if they did sign him the 25 but i wanted to think about that upside thing it would be the fact that he's a, he's a above average three-point shooter on about three attempts a game he could probably get to his pull-up from three whenever he wants uh, and this is getting maybe into like the Presidente details of like shot you know shot prep and all of that, but do we buy like I think one of them has like if we're gonna get that player right we want them to be able to pull up from three at volume they don't have to be quickly, they don't have to be step or trade, but they have to pull up more from volume do Is there a reason to believe Murray can't do that or that Brunson is that much more able to do that
1: yes. When has DeJounte Murray shown that he is a plus three-point shooter? Well, he's an elite
2: pull-up mid-range shooter with a high do release.
1: You, do you, and a really good free-throw shooter. Okay. And, like, if you, I were, if I were to give you $700 million to bet on one player making
2: a three-point shot, who would you bet on? I probably would bet on Brunson, but I'm, that's, I'm asking you guys because I'm interested in your but that's opinion. that's my so. point. Like, like,
1: I don't... Like, we can sit here and nitpick and... You can tell me all these fucking stats about Dejounte Murray, and I think Murray can shoot. I think the idea that he's a
2: non-shooter is overblown. That's the. point. I don't
1: he think he shoot. shoots from three, and I don't think teams give a fuck about him from
2: three now. But he is twenty-five, and he's she shoots really well everywhere else, right?
1: I mean, he again, he has never had a season that is even touching
0: league average true shooting for his position. Well, look, I'll put it this way, guys: we can have this or debate of those guys in a vacuum, but it's it's immaterial. Is DeJounte Murray three first-round picks better than Jalen Brunson?
2: No, that's what it comes down to. And
0: and the other thing that people are forgetting, and because probably they don't even know this, is, like,
1: one of the pieces of reporting is that within a year, because he has two years left in his contract, and in a year, he wants an extension, he wants a max extension, which will be, like, a five-year, $200 million extension. I'm sorry. Like, I have zero desire to trade out, like, if the, if the Chor- is he better than a Darren
2: Fox, do you think, Murray?
1: Yeah, because okay. he's a plus defender. But, like, my thing with the plus defender thing is this Is, a, is Marcus Smart a way better defender than Jalen Brunson? Absolutely, right? I think we would all agree with that. Of course. Yeah. Do you think that, like, if Jalen Brunson was the point guard of that Celtics team? I I think they win that championship, and that's not because I think Jalen Brunson is like this singularly transformative player. But it's like they literally were not. They wanted Marcus Smart to shoot. They were just like, okay, you can, you can take these shots, and they dared him into it. And you know, they they played the odds, and they won in in part because of that.
0: Like. And by the way I think we figured out that it's really hard for guys like Tatum and, and um, the and the rest of the guys there to to be the primary you know style point guard at right. Forward, it's just it's a hard thing to do.
2: That's why LeBron is LeBron.
0: Like that's exactly. the game, and that's why Boston
2: sucks. Let let's not lose sight of the most important thing. Right, that's sucks. why Boston sucks.
0: And by the way, you know Kawhi, he always had you know when he won his title, he had a point guard with him. He didn't have to do all of that stuff on his own. Now right. I think two, Kawhi if Kawhi you count Ben Fleet, right, of not running more action right. for those guys to give him easier looks, and they, you know, oh, go dribble from twenty-seven feet away and make a play. You're asking 6 eight guys to do that. I think that's a big ask. I think they could help those guys a little bit more, but look, it's it's just it's hard to be that guy with that type of volume and, you know, pressure on your shoulders if you're not And look, I love those two guys. I think they're both really good players. They're both all-stars, they're both max players, I think probably give or take, but that doesn't there there are levels of max players, right? you're the LeBron and Giannis max players or are you the next level of max players and those guys are the next level of max players
2: but I I do want to follow up because Toronto is an interesting thing because I think if we did sign Brunson and we wanted to give it a shot with quickly I think that backcourt with Lowry and Van Fleet would be the ideal for how I could hope they would end up so the two things I would ask is one why didn't take I mean in your guys opinion why didn't Brunson take more threes and two yeah can they end up being that kind of a backcourt, especially if given Quickly's length and perhaps additional strength gains.
1: I think Brunson didn't take threes because he is not naturally geared towards being a three point shooter. Um, I think that I would bet on his experience this year in the playoffs making him work to be a better three point shooter. And given his track record of improvement, I would bet on him becoming a better three-point shooter two stats i want to bring up
0: i think by the way i think he's an to your point Sean, i think he's an old school basketball player where he probably thinks pull up three pointers off the dribble in his mind he was taught as a kid those are not good shots
1: yeah like i mean
0: you look, know,
2: I. Yeah. I, I well, what is his dad a coach or something yeah exactly
1: <laughs> yeah i
0: mean that also was a terrible <laughs> shooter, but that, but yeah. That's yeah.
1: so i think there's a few I, I want to bring up a few things uh one just just to update this Jalen Brunson, last season, he played 1,462 minutes without Luke on the floor. 1,462. He had a 56.4 true shooting in that time on 28 usage. Okay, just bringing that up. That's very, very good. That's very, very good. He was, last year, on players that at least averaged 10 drives per game. At least averaged 10 drives per game. He was number three in field goal percentage on drives. Number one was one Giannis Antetokounmpo at four and a half field goal attempts per game. It was number two Shea? No, number two. You, I don't think you'll ever guess this one. It was Chris Paul.
2: I think you say Frank Noakina.
1: But... Yeah, no, I know. Frank is a god compared to
0: these Yeah, and runners. by the way, not to nothing, Brunson actually has, like, that Kind of slow motiony Chris Pauly type yeah. of drive yeah. game. He yeah. he just isn't as gifted of a of a playmaker. He doesn't see the game quite as well. He as loves he to played. put guys
2: in jail. You know, kind of the same way. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So Chris Paul. Well, no, I meant that
2: seriously. Yeah. <laughs> like the uh, the yeah. you know using his ass. That's what I yeah. meant. But
1: For, back that thing up. Uh, Chris Paul fifty eight point two field goal percentage on four point nine field goal attempts per game on drives. Jalen Brunson was number three again in field goal percentage. field goal percentage on 6.4 field goal attempts per game on drives. He averaged 13.6 drives per game. I would venture to guess that number goes up if he's a lead ball handler in terms of the number of drives and number of field goal attempts. I think he's shown that he's capable of doing it. Uh, The final set I'm going to bring up, Jalen Brunson. Of players who played at least 10 games, just 10 games, and averaged over four field goal attempts per game on pull-up jumpers, Jalen Brunson was, he ranked number two, two, three, four, six. He was sixth in field goal percentage. Wow, that is really good. It's really good. He did only take one, only one of those attempts of his 5.2 that he averaged were threes. So this is odd per game, you mean, right? Yeah. Not yeah, one, one all season. Yeah, yeah no, not one. one <laughs> so about 20%
2: of his attempts all season.
1: Yeah. yeah, so 20% of his pull-up attempts all season are from three. The rest of them are from two. So if you actually... I'm not joking. If you calculate this out, he shot 50% last year on pull-up twos. 50% on pull-up twos last year. That is insane. That is and DeRozan,
2: Paul, KD level stuff. That
1: is, that is a thing the Knicks... Have not had for in a long time. Now, is there a possibility he just had a hot shooting season? Absolutely. That is always a thing that you need to be conscious of, and you ultimately need to make a value decision on. But I will say this, and I will never say this again in my life. So I want to make this very, very clear. I will never say this again in my life. When we did our live stream, I basically lost my mind uh, when the trade was being reported as like, you know, we got three first, but we dumped one for Kemba, so we got two first. And I was like, wow, we did all this for Jalen. We traded a first and all these seconds just to make space for Jalen Brunson. And he's this no all star upside player, blah, 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 blah. Like, I'm ne- I'm going to say this once and never again. Tyrese made a good point. Tyrese made a very good point.
2: Wow. Yeah. Yes, if, if you yeah. ever thought the apocalypse was, hand, uh, was coming, this it's, is a big sign. This is a sign. Tyrese not made- that Tyrese made a good point. The fact that <laughs> said that Tyrese made a good point.
1: He was like... Because I was like, I, do you think that there's any chance that Jalen Brunson can be an all-star point guard? And he was like, yes. Like, look at the Easter Conference. At the time, I was so upset. I was like, fuck you. It's not possible. I hate you. Fuck you. I hate your life. Uh, but like in reality, if, like if he just becomes... Okay, at pull through three point shooting.
0: I'm not even talking about like high there's end. There's reason to
2: be. There's reason to believe he can be a lot more than that. By the way, yes, I right. agree uh, with both you on that. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, I will say this. I think before we talk about him making All Star games, we have to find out where Alfred Payton signs this offseason. Right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Too soon, John. Too soon. <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: like if like
1: I I think this now. I had the weekend to think about this. Look into it. Look at the numbers. Whatever.
2: Oh, the I, weekend's over, man. Fuck I know, you.
1: but like, I think there's more upside than he is being given credit for, maybe in some circles. And like, I, I was, I, I still, if you gave me the choice, what would I do? I would still rather just go into next season, start Emmanuel quickly at point guard, and move on with my life. But like, you don't get everything you ask for, and all you can ask for... can always get what you want. Yes. But if please, you try sometimes... Never sing again. Uh, but, if, like, you're, you, you're never going to get everything you want from a front office, right? All you can ask for them to do is make moves that make sense and are logical and are reasonable. I don't think, fundamentally, giving Brunson the contract that they seem willing to give him is unreasonable. I think he brings skills to the table that they desperately need. He brings a certain scoring element to the team that they desperately need. And if part of the sacrifice you have to make to get that guy is you... I mean, ultimately, you would be lower on quickly, I guess, in that sense, in your thinking. Like, is that unreasonable? No, it's not unreasonable. Do I agree with it? Not necessarily. No, I don't. But can but like, they be like they that, can understand that Lowry
2: team? Like, that would be the best comp of like a sub six four, six three backcourt. John, I'll throw it to you. Do you see any similarities? Or And then maybe, I mean, that backcourt, maybe not by coincidence, helped a guy named Pascal Siakam, who I do think is more, has really talented. And I'm not going to say RJ is necessarily going to get that level, but I think that really helped him kind of come onto his own. Obviously, in addition to Kawhi, that was a stacked team. Do you see them? being able to survive maybe like that backcourt or maybe like Smart and Derek White? or
0: Yeah, look, I think there are similarities. And I think in the NBA now, you can, again, quickly, he's not big, but he's long. So I have more confidence in him guarding some of these bigger twos. So, yeah, I I think part of that is true. And just to go back to to what Twin said too, like $25 million for a starting point guard is not a lot of money. Like, it's just not. And, and
1: and to be clear, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Our good friend, Tyrese said so. I need to give him credit. I need to give him credit, sadly.
2: Uh, sorry, go ahead, Sean. <laughs> no, I didn't say anything. No, yeah. So, but you're right. That's um, especially with the cap going up. Um, I would hope that we, you know, our coach would have the imagination to use them together like that.
0: Um, yeah, see, I, see, that's the thing, guys. I know a lot of people are anti Brunson because they think it's it's going to kill quickly. It, to me, it doesn't have to. I mean, and look, might it with Tom Thibodeau, I, I can't speak to that. But for me, they're, I mean, they complement each other well to me. Both guys can play off ball for the other. They can both spread the floor for the other guy. I don't have a huge issue with those two guys playing together. And I, I don't think Tom Thibodeau will either. Guys, remember, Derek Rose and Emmanuel quickly played a million minutes together the year they were the fourth seed. That was like Rose big, is a little bit bigger. To play together, like why can't Brunson and Quickly play together? Then, I, to me, I, I mean, I think, think the argument think really would be well. Rose is a
2: little bit bigger, right? That would be the, the argument. What are
1: what are Derrick Rose's combine measurements? It's so I, I, I'm looking at it right now. I think he was so he was six two and a half height, six eight wingspan. Uh, Brunson six one. Uh, sorry, no six two and a quarter. So not that much shorter six four wingspan though. So a lot shorter wingspan. But like in terms of pure height, not a massive difference. I I think that like we have to accept that if you don't it's reasonable to not believe that Emmanuel Quickly is the starting point guard of the future for the next. It's a real I don't agree with that necessarily I don't agree with that. Flat out. Not even I don't agree with that. But I, I understand why somebody would would Disagree. So, in that sense, do I think Jalen Brunson is worth a four-year, $100 million contract, $110 million contract, whatever the fuck, it's something between those numbers? I do. I think, independent on what your thoughts are of what the Knicks should do, ideally, regarding starting a manual at point guard or not, like, is Jalen Brunson worth that contract? I think he is. I think he's a really good player. I think he's a player who's improved every single year he's been in the league. He has consistently pushed his ceiling above what anybody thought he was capable of. And I think there is value to getting a guy like him in the locker room who by all reports, everything I've ever read about him is a very, very good like tone setter, culture setter, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Um, I think, I think he's a, I think there's a chance that he's a really good player. Uh and and not only that, you're gonna lock him in for his prime years. He's turning 26 in like 30 days, 60 days. Okay, like you're getting his prime years, and the people like I think there's this weird idea that DeJounte Murray is like significantly younger than him. He's literally 19 days younger than Jalen Brunson. That's it. That's the difference. Like Brunson is not old, he's got a lot of production behind his name. Uh, this is not a Julius Randall situation to me. This is a guy who has produced year over year and just has gotten incrementally better.
2: And in in playoff environments, contributing to wins, right? So obviously, the flip side of that is playing next to I mean MVP caliber player, but yeah. Uh,
0: by the yeah. way, by the way, uh, b- before we talk about, uh, I, I, I know you guys got some questions on the Discord. Before you want to say goodbye, what do you think? they're going to have to move to clear the space to get Brunson and who eventually is the guy they do move to get there. Because I do think that's part of this, right? Because that has to get put into the cost of doing business to obtain Brunson, right? So I said, you know, you're just using cap space to sign. And well, well, some of that cap space came from four second round picks. So that should be kind of in that bucket of cost for Brunson. So I guess I think... They should be able to figure out a way to get Burks into a trade exception, you know, like the Boston or something like that. And that shouldn't really cost you anything, in my opinion. And though know, the foot surgery kind of sucks and maybe that changes the equation, what do you think they're going to have to do to get off some of those other contracts?
1: I think Burks is an easy, like, he's good. I, I will say this I think if Brunson tells the Mavs he's leaving for the Knicks. I think they will take Burks back and they'll happily take Burks back to facilitate a sign and trade.
2: And for that reason, they're in.
1: So. Yeah, exactly. Yes, Mark Cuban, good shout out. Uh,
0: I think well, that's interesting. So, do you think if Brunson makes it clear to them that, look, I want to be out of here, because yeah. you know, there is that base compensation thing that gets into the mix there and a sign and trade and it makes things complicated. But I guess if you do include Burks in that sign and trade, I think you can make it work
1: yeah I think it 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 works flat out like the numbers work so if you if you sign and trade it, it works um Nerland's is weird i don't I feel like he has more value than sometimes when we're lost in the minutia of nixtum is apparent, but at the same time, I'm like, I think you would probably have to attach a second to him to move him somewhere, so Utah. I've talked about this with Jeremy. Toronto, maybe. Yeah, I've talked about this with Jeremy. Jeremy, they
2: have a Utah has a He's a good fit team. in Portland, to be honest, right? If they really want to make a run.
1: They're getting Kevin Durant, so it's okay.
2: Um <laughs> they I mean, does he weigh more than Noel?
0: I don't know. <laughs> does I think Noel has a better offensive game than Kevin Durant. Um <laughs> is there a team that will require him to catch the basketball that might be able to use him?
2: Oh, so, I mean, well, he can play tight end for... He can take Evan Engram's spot, right? Sorry, I got, I, got, I had to say it as an Eagles fan, so my bad. <laughs> uh,
1: but, like, I think Noel can... Like, a team like Utah, they have a trade exception. I think they would take a second to bring him in, potentially.
0: And that's like, fine. I just think, If you have to move yeah. one more second to clear the space, they have so many. Uh, it doesn't uh, and, I,
1: and I think, really, this is what it boils down to, is the Knicks have enough avenues... To clear enough space to make Jalen Brunson enough of an offer that if he tells the Mavs he's gone, they have to play ball. They have to like they they won't want
0: to lose him for nothing. Exactly. Yeah. And like
1: that is what it is. Like, I don't like we can the specifics don't really matter. It's just about like who it is, what players. If Jalen Brunson wants to go to the Knicks, Leon Rose has put the Knicks in a position now where like Dallas can't just sit there and call our bluff. You know what I mean? Like they can't just sit there and be like, "Well, we don't believe you can clear the space." Because it's like, "All right, you sure you want to play that game?" Because I promise you, we can. Like, if the Knicks trade Burks for nothing, and which I think is very, very possible, and they well, that just, would just be
2: straight into the Boston trade pre- exception, or yeah,
1: tr- Boston like you get like a top
2: fifty-five protected back or something like that. Yeah, exactly,
1: something like that, or you trade him to. Uh, you know, OKC okay, so has space until the league year changes. Like, there's enough options. We might help them
2: win too many games, by the that's way. That's
0: true. And I don't know. For me, guys, I think the Julius Randle Dallas homecoming will be too much for Mark Cuban <laughs> to pass up. But that's just me. Well, there there is another
2: player I could see Dallas I'm being sure interested being awesome. in. <laughs> I think there's a player that we have that is also a free agent that would I think be really good in Dallas because they were good defense, but they missed a rim protector.
1: Yeah, they're not signing Mitch Robinson, and they I don't. Mean, would
2: a... sign and trade with? I mean, is that legal? Really? A sign and trade with Brunson and Mitch?
1: It's the math is very. The math like, is tough to do the math, especially because Brunson's just going to make way too much.
0: And by the way, let me throw this out there if you're Talking about math, and I don't want to bore people with cap stuff. That's Jeremy Cohen's job. But, <laughs> um, by the way, and, and you're like, with you're with two in, you're with two Indian guys, John. He, so. he does a fantastic job. Um, and I just want to make this point because Nick fans don't think about it, right? The Knicks have two off-seasons, this one and next, before they cap themselves out signing their own young players, right? Like, once they sign Mitch this year, and then they give RJ whatever they have to give him next off-season, like, you might have some money under the cap, but you're not going to have significant money to spend on players until the cap takes a huge jump, which shouldn't happen until 2025. So... If you don't go out there and spend money on a player in free agency the next two seasons, that money just disappears. It goes away. What you want to do is spend the money to get up to the cap. Then you pay RJ to go over the cap. So if you look at who's on the free agent market the next two years, include the risk factor as to whether or not you can actually get those players. And again, we all think that they have really good intel that they can get Jalen Brunson given all the connections, familial you know the agents all that stuff you know i think it's hard to find a better option than brunson over the next two off seasons given all those risk factors and everything else that you're looking at to use that cap space before you have to pay rj barrett what you're going to pay rj barrett so it's not like oh if you don't sign brunson then you'll just use that money elsewhere in 3 years no that's not how it works you're going to have to spend that money before you sign rj to the extension so you make the most of all the assets at your disposal. So that's part of the equation here too. And I think when the Knicks look at the next two years, they think, look, given the price point, our confidence in getting him and not having to trade assets to get him and just using cap for it, they think he's their best avenue to use that space over the next two two offseasons.
2: Yeah, I, I think that was a great point. I think you had a really good thread that I think captured all of this. Um, it was it is by the way interesting to see I think all of us on draft night, especially with the prospect of getting Ivy, like that emotional roller coaster, like on draft night, I think a couple days later, like you, Schwinn, like a lot of people I, I respect a lot, obviously on Nick's Twitter, kinda of were like, All right, this is what's actually happening. And I think at that point you, with our You
1: respect sh- Schwin, huh? That that that's breaking. Yeah, down. that's a big that's <laughs> that's the big reveal on this
2: pod. <laughs> Along with Schwinn admitting that Tyrese was right about something. Yeah. Um, but I think that was a, that was actually a really good thread. Uh, you hit on all the, the big points, and I think the RJ point is something that a lot of people can't wrap their head around, in part because given the word curse, <laughs> we haven't been in that situation since, I guess we kind of were in Porzingis, but it didn't get this late in the game, right? Um, so, uh, I think, coincidentally, I think, I remember that season before they traded Porzingis, Randall was the guy I really wanted next to him. Um, but, um, but I mean, you keep mentioned you mentioned twenty twenty five a couple of times. Does that year have um, you know specific, special things or why is that important? It's new media rights. That's when I mean, the, the cap new me-
0: is supposed yeah. to have a huge jump that year. Yeah. That's when the
1: new TV deal is supposed to kick in. So There's be a big cap rise. Uh, all right, John, we got to ask you some. Some questions from from the Discord, from the Strickland Discord. They're all very, very serious questions. So, very, I hope you're prepared.
0: Oh, I, I'm well. Given your audience, I'm sure they're all like <laughs> extremely, extremely serious. By the way, 2025 free agency class. Just FYI, um, I'll go down the list for you. Now, a lot of these guys are going to be really old at this point. But Paul George, Kawhi, Lillard, Anthony Davis, Ben Simmons, Drew Holiday, Brandon Ingram, Jamal Murray. Um, oh, Malcolm Brogdon will be a free agent. Just thirty two yes. and a half with no knees. That'll Perfect. be great. Alonzo uh, Ball, uh, Evan Fournier, we can re-sign him. That'll be great. So there are, there are <laughs> a lot of big names that as that offseason. Evan Fournier is the
2: real get there. I'm uh, uh, sorry, and then the last thing. Um, on 2035, do you happen to know what rookies would be coming up? If they're at least restricted. Be the twenty twenty one draft
0: bus. I'm on spot track right now. Yes, that, be would be, that would be the Chris Duarte year, so that would be last year's rookie class, which was a really good draft, right? Yes, yeah. yeah.
2: if we signed Franz Wagner, we signed a million Michigan players, they never seem to pan out, but I'd uh, be happy about that one. Yeah, maybe
0: Scotty Barnes really hates Maple Leaves, so he wants to get out of Canada. So. He <laughs> doesn't, right? Yeah. Uh,
1: all right, first question. This is from Sentimental Omar. Uh, should I bet on Kayvon to win Defensive Rookie of the Year? Football questions.
0: Um, <laughs> could Kayvon Thibodeau win Defensive Rookie of the Year? I think it is a good bet because more often than not, the Defensive Rookie of the Year is just the default player on defense that was drafted that has the most sacks. Occasionally, you'll get a corner. That'll get a lot of picks. Yeah, get high a high lot of People don't throw at the good corners anyway, and interceptions. I think are a lot of times just much more a product of mistakes by quarterbacks than great plays by defensive backs in general. And it's you know situational more than it is like a player being great. So yeah, I think I don't know. I, I don't keep track of, of the betting lines. I wouldn't be surprised if if he's the favorite in that respect. So yeah, I mean that would not shock me at all. Obviously, you have. Um, Trayvon
2: Walker, number one. Yeah, yeah,
0: you had Trayvon Walker that went ahead of him. God, I've, I've been on paternity leave for three weeks, and my, and my brain's going to mush. <laughs> you, you had you had you had the um, and obviously Hutchinson that went ahead of him too. But look, I think you know, has, has as good of a chance as anyone, especially with the way the Giants' new defensive coordinator Wing Martindale um, likes to blitz. I think he's going to have a lot of opportunities to sack the quarterback. So I think there's a real good chance of that.
2: Yeah, I, I I'm going to throw Jordan Davis in there, but a follow up um, because I throw no, 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 no. no hold, on, hold, on, hold on, hold on,
1: Jordan, no, a defensive tackle is not winning defensively. Get the fuck he, out
2: of here. He, he is six. He's Stop. built like the mountain from Game of Thrones, care. and he LeBron, runs. I don't care. Like LeBron, he's going to win. I, I don't, I, I don't, don't care. care. I don't
0: care. He's, he's going to sit care. on people. He wins. He he's going to sit on Josh Allen in he the can Super be Bowl, built. and you will like it.
1: No, it's, he's not it's going it's to because Josh Allen will be in the Super bowl and, and the Eagles will be losing to the Bucks <laughs> in the divisional round. Or something. Uh, as a
0: follow-up,
2: I had a real quick follow-up on that, that because sense. I do really like what the Giants are doing. I like the Thibodeau and um, and Aziz pairing. It feels to me like the last time I really remember fearing the Giants, they had that pass rush right with O.C. and Kiyo and Tuck. Is this the best... Uh you pass rush you think they've had since then, or do you think that they could get to maybe maybe not that level, but is it uh you know, are there shades of that maybe?
0: Yes, but it's I mean that's that's best since it's then a Hall it's of a fame fairly low bar. Up, right? yeah. It's a fairly low bar. But yeah, I mean I don't think they've had a combination and again we'll have to see what Thibodeau actually is, right? We think he's gonna be really good, but you know how it goes. You never know exactly how good not going not Tom. Yes, Kayvon, correct. I and mean, by the way, I have to go from Thibodeau to Thibodeau. It, it's it's already screwing me up. It's killing me. Um, between him and Ogilary and then Leonard Williams inside, and I think Dexter Lawrence has some pass rushing potential too. Yeah, look, I think I think they are. Here's the problem, and we saw this, and I've said this on the Giants podcast we do, and check it out, Big Blue Kickoff Live Giants Huddle, search for them, podcast platforms. Giants.com, um, where, you know, if you look at the Ravens last year, you got the best front of the world with the way Wink Blitzes, if you can't cover, it ain't gonna matter. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. You I, gotta I'm, have I'm corners. just real I'm really concerned about with their cornerback situation after Dory Jackson. Um they have a lot of young guys. You know, Darney Holmes was a, was a day two pick. Aaron Robinson was a day two pick. They're, they're high on, they're they're
1: high on Holmes, aren't they? I remember yeah, he was like, they're higher
0: on Robinson, to be quite honest with you. And you know, he was really good to the senior bowl two years ago. So, you know, they're those guys are gonna have to step into bigger roles and and play well because if they don't the, the defense could be really problematic this year, which is fine. This is a retooling year. And then, Stacey, I like your take, too, because I think the Giants and Eagles are actually in similar situations here, right? I think the Giants are doing a pretty decent job of building the roster. Um, they're going to have to make big decisions next offseason. How do you keep Galladay? Do you keep Leonard Williams? But I think with both teams, right, do they have their quarterback? And I think in, in this league, with the way the NFL functions, until you're sure you have your quarterback— there are just a lot of questions that have a lot of uncertainty. So I'm curious as to your level of confidence in Jalen hurts moving forward as the Eagles long-term star.
2: Yeah. Uh, it's not, I hate to say it because it's not very high because, um, he is like one of the most awesome people I've been fortunate to oh, report. Seems like
0: a great dude. Seems like a great dude. He's an awesome leader, winning pedigree.
2: You know, he's going to put everything in, but, um, but to be honest, um, yeah, like, especially in the playoffs, like, he, against bad defenses, he's going to torch them because they just can't handle the running. And, and you you know, if he has his reads and they're simple, he can make them. But against the Bucks, man, like, and I, I feel bad for Devontae Smith because I think he was a little underrated in terms of his rookie year because he was open a hell of a lot, especially in that playoff game. Um, and I think now, like, I think that's part of the reason the Knicks, the, the Knicks, the Eagles went so far in on getting J, um, getting AJ Brown... Um, you know, shoring up the, the passing game, um, because now, and, and, and the defense, because now, there's no, excuses. There's, uh, there's no excuses for Jalen Hurts. Yeah. And if he doesn't, and they, and I think it was, it was a perfectly well timed thing. It's a little bit like the Knicks because, um, you know, they get Jalen Brunson this year and it doesn't pan out in terms of getting the playoffs or moving the needle, then that, that, there's few excuses for, for Tibbs, right? And this was also a mediocre draft where he didn't get that star. The Eagles were in a position where they probably weren't going to be able to get a star QB. And then next year, they can reevaluate it. Might, it's supposed to be a deeper draft. Um, you know, Maybe they give Minshew a look if it really goes south with Hurts with this year. And
0: by the way, which is why I love the fact that they got that extra one next year. Yep. So they give them flexibility to move up if they have to. Yeah, I mean, how, how, how are the shortcomings?
2: Who,
0: whose one is it they have? They have uh-huh. two extra ones, don't they? No, they have three ones next year, Philly?
2: Yeah, I believe it's um, it's whoever they traded back with this year. San Fran?
0: Is that right?
2: Am I wrong? I'm don't know. Uh, i looking it up, up? now. Um,
0: I got to look. Hold on. I can check that out. Oh, yeah, Miami's uh, up the in the States. Orleans. They got the go one from New
2: Orleans next year. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They got the New Saints Orleans.
2: East. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, Howie, Howie has always been good at getting extra draft value. They um, have two, ones, good from, two car-
0: ones next year, not three. I'm sorry. They have two ones next year.
2: They have two ones, yeah. And the other one's from the Saints, which high variance. Um, that could end up being high. And it's also supposed to be a deeper draft for quarterbacks. And, and you know, they probably, you know, they have the capital to move up over the next couple of years. Um, so it really is, it, they're going to find out a lot about hurts this year. And I'm rooting for him. Um, I would not take that bet. But I think that they are, I'm willing to say they're quarterback away from being a, a real contender in the NFC. Um, but I, I wouldn't pick them to win the NFC East because I think one team has the best quarterback by a mile, um, especially when he can stay healthy. Um, as much as I hate to admit it, um, so that's what it is with them. Um, but um, but it's exciting, and and I think that I think that that's the right way to look at it. Is uh, and I think that's the, the to tie it back. That's the way the Nick should be looking at this offseason. Is this is an opportunity to find out about the young guys, to find out about your coach, and to find out what you have, and then. Um, but I mean, how his shortcomings have really been you know, they had a couple of really bad drafts in the past. Drafting yeah, wide receivers. Yeah, I mean, the name? Rieger pick was not great at the time. That was our Kevin Knox pick. Um, and, um, yeah, so, but, but when it comes to finding value, being able to trade back, being able to, to asset accumulate, it would basically be probably something like if Brock Aller became the, the next GM, but, yeah. All, right, uh, yeah. all right. That was a great
1: rapid-fire question. Just huh. a lot of nuance. All right. Who is your, this is from Comrade, who is your favorite Stricklandite? Ooh. <laughs> Doesn't need to be anybody on this podcast, by the way. It
2: probably I, isn't. Here, here, here cool. I, I'm going
0: to go strictly by the numbers. I think the guy from the Strickland that I probably had on my old Nick podcast the most is probably either Stacy or Alex. So it, I would probably say one of those two guys.
1: Damn, that's tough. I, I win, Schwinn. Schwinn. Schwinn, It's just <laughs> now, and frankly,
0: Schwinn. And and the reason President make the list is that he keeps cursing on the podcast, <laughs> and I had to edit that stuff out afterwards. It's a huge hey. pain in the ass. When <laughs> I've come on the pod, and I'm worried I... about you doing it too, to be a, but, but. But you don't. You're good. When, when I've come on anything,
1: yeah. When I've come on the pod, I've been very good at controlling
2: my potty. Mouth. Yes, you have been. Yes, <laughs> I agree. But uh, I, agree. I, will I will shout out John. President. John was actually the. Okay. John, John, I don't know if you knew this, but you are actually the first person in this pod I actually—you're the first pod I ever did. So,
0: oh, is thank general? you for
2: that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that. Um, We—it t- was like right after the first uh, honeymoon period with Tibbs. Quickly was starting to play, so I remember that. So, shout out, thanks, John, for, uh, for putting me on the, my first pod. All
1: right, this one is from I know playing with a gulliness. Uh, is it possible that the Knicks actually won the 2022 draft?
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, no, look won the draft no but could they have made the right move yes i mean you're not going to look back and say you know that the knicks did better than you know the team that you know got their superstar player that's going to be the centerpiece of their team um so no i don't think you ever say they won the draft but could they long term have done something that seriously helped the franchise long term Yes, absolutely. And by the way, just for the record, like, if Shaden Sharp was still sitting there at 11 and the Knicks did what they did, I would have been pretty pissed. Because I think he actually has, like, legit, like, swing for the fences upside. But I didn't think anybody else there did. So, yeah, you know, that's just uh, kind of the way I look at it. So, no, I don't think they'll look back and say they won the draft. Because, you know, there's going to be at least two, maybe three great players out of this draft. Uh but I still I do think you might go back and say, Yeah, the Knicks did the right thing based on where the franchise was. Absolutely. You gotta play the cards you don't. And I think
1: Yeah. And I and I think the reporting leading up to the draft, especially from Ian Begley, who did a great job, um, I think it suggested that like if Sharp was there, they would have taken him. Yep. Um all right. <laughs> this is this is a good question. Uh this is from Hug Life. This is a multi part question. One, has he cursed the Giants with his presence? Two, why doesn't he quit so the Giants can be good again? And three, does his cursed presence transfer to the Knicks when he talks about them?
0: Okay, I have I have I have multiple um <laughs> this is bullshit uh, <laughs> question here. One fact check John Schmelk's first year with the New York football giants. I got hired in June. Of 2007. You know what happened in 2007? <laughs> Super Bowl Championship.
2: I was going to say the financial crisis. I'll
0: but... well, say that too. <laughs> this
2: was um, worse for me.
0: <laughs> I actually got hired right before the financial crisis. So next, I was there in 2011 when the Giants won the Super Bowl. So no, I was alive in the 90s when the Knicks were really good. Also, by the way, I didn't cover them, but I was alive. And I was that was when I g- gained my fandom. And then quite frankly, now I will, I will be honest about this. It did cross my mind that the fact that I had finally given up covering the Knicks, because as we talked about in the beginning, Schwinn, I didn't want to have to get divorced. um, (laughs) That once I stopped covering them, that they were going to move up in the draft lottery. I thought that was a distinct possibility. That is one of those. I finally got out here and now they're finally going to move into like the top three, but that didn't happen either. So now that I've given up, like, I still follow them for fun because I love the team, but I don't cover them or anything like that, you know, from an official standpoint, that I thought maybe, it, you know, it might finally happen that they would move up. But that didn't happen either. So, no, I'm not a jinx for the Giants. I literally have two Super Bowl <laughs> rings in a safety deposit box to, to prove that I'm not. So, yeah. Oh, they give, no. they give, they, they give uh, all the staff, they give everybody rings, too? That's good. They do, yes. Very, they're, the ownership's awesome. They're very generous. Uh, I would love uh, to hear
1: the uh, general response of Giants fans about the status of their ownership, but we're going to leave that aside for now. Uh, <laughs> this, okay, This is, I think this is the last question we have for you, and this is also from Hug Life. Uh, why does John hate quickly in RJ?
0: <laughs> yes. Uh <laughs> The fact that I don't think R.J. is going to be an all-NBA player, if that makes me hate him, okay, um, fine. Uh, R.J. Barrett should actually learn how to, you know, have make a mid-range shot once in a while before, you know, you start saying he's going to be great. Now, might he develop that? Sure. But it like he's just not there yet. Um To be fair, you've been pretty you've been consistent about what your issues are with RJ, even dating back to when he was at Dude. Oh, dude, I've and not to pat myself on the back because I've missed horribly on Frank, but like I was a hundred percent right on Kevin Knox when they drafted him. I said, I don't see the upside, he's not athletic enough. I think he's a four, he can't stay with threes defensively. Other than hitting jump shots, where is his offensive game coming from? All of it's come true. I nailed him. And frankly, I think I nailed RJ. You know, I thought it was the right pick. I thought he was the third best player in the class. That's the guy I would have picked. I didn't think he was going to be a superstar. I never thought he had the elite twitch half-court athleticism to create easy shots for himself. And while he's able to get to the basket, oftentimes the shots at the rim that he creates for himself are tough shots. Why does his shooting percentage at the rim suck? It's not because he misses easy ones. He misses tough ones because he doesn't clear his primary defender a lot of the time. And he ha- and we talked about it when he got drafted, right? How does he then become that guy? He has to become a great pull-up mid-range shooter. Has that happened? No. It, and he's made almost no progress in that respect. Now, here's where I think I'm bullish on him as a player. He's improved as a catch-and-shoot three-point shooter and off-ball player a lot. I think he's, while a long way to go, he's shown that when he's locked in and maybe he's not being asked to do too much offensively, he can defend very well. I think he has the tools to do it. So I think he is, in the end, is going to be a third-best player on a very good team that's kind of your, all right, he might explode for a 20, 30-point game here or there, but he's going to be a guy that does little passing drives, is good in transition, defends, can catch and shoot in a three, but I have not seen near enough offensive versatility, mid-range game. You know, you talked about teams not giving a, you know what, when DeJounte Murray shoots three, you know what other teams, you know what teams that face the Knicks don't give two craps about? R.J. Barrett taking jump shots off the dribble. Like, we see drop coverage against him, and centers are standing eight feet away, and and that's why I'm not as bullish. His mid-range jumper numbers are are really not good, and they're not good with other teams letting him shoot them. So what happens when teams start locking in on him, right? And he's really good against drop coverage because he can get a downhill running start on his drives. But when teams switch or they trap, he doesn't have a lot of answers for that. So I think R.J. Barrett's a good player. If I was to put the over-under on the number of all-star games he would make in his career, I'd put it probably around two. Um, and I'd probably take, I probably probably take that on the nose. If it was two and a half, I'd probably take the under and say it would be two. Hater, I know <laughs> that makes me a hater. That's fine and that's okay. But I I think he's going to be a good tertiary helper, important part of a championship team. But is he ever going to be, um, you know, a guy that that's going to be the main facilitator on a title team? I don't see. Look, in order to be that guy, and this has been a long answer, I'm sorry. You either have to be an elite athlete, an elite shooter, or have elite size. He doesn't check any of those three boxes right now. Might he at some point? Yes, but I think he is a really long way to go. I hope he does. I'm praying he does because that helps the Knicks. That's just my feeling. I think, frankly, I think I'm pretty bullish on IQ. Um, I think IQ can be a good starter in this league. Or an elite six-man, like six-man award like of the year type six-man. But I think he can easily be a good starter in this league. Now, do I think he's going to be an all-star point guard? No. I don't think he's an all-star point guard. Because, again, r- until his shot – and I think his shot has a ton of upside because he takes such difficult ones and actually does make a lot of those really difficult shots. So I think his shooting I – be- I believe in IQ – correcting what's holding him back more than I believe in RJ correcting what's holding him back, to be honest with you. Because I think we've seen more from quickly in terms of his difficult shot-making ability in terms of the step-back threes and stuff like that. And I think we saw a lot of improvements as a playmaker last year. And I see, have a clearer picture of how that all that comes together more than I do with where RJ's mid-range game is. So I think, you know, I'm debating this in my head. I think both players can help a championship team in different ways. Um, but I think both players couldn't can be 20-plus, and maybe even if both of them get where they need to go, 30-plus-minute contributors on title teams which I think are very good players in the NBA. So I don't think I'm as low on them as other people think I am. But do I think those guys are two key cogs on title teams? When I say key cogs, top two players, no, they, they ain't that. And that's fine. That's okay.
1: So I am way higher in quickly than you are for sure. Uh, that is definitely sure. Good I, NBA
0: starter? What's wrong with that? With with
1: good NBA I think I think quickly can be a star. I think if I like did, IQ in his role, yeah, uh, Tommy D plus over there. Uh, like I, I think. I, look, I mean, look. The, the conversation I had with fucking Alan Hahn today is exactly why I think so much of what is going on with this team is relative to how they were coached. Because I like we all watched this team this year. I think Tibbs did a terrible job with this roster. I don't guess, was a perfect... No, it, it clearly wasn't a perfect roster. It clearly had a lot of issues. That does not mean he did a good job. He did a terrible job, as far as I'm concerned.
0: No, that's fair. Yeah. I have no argument about that.
1: And I think the way he managed, very specifically, quickly, and Obi, has very much impacted the way they are viewed. Not
0: just by fans,
1: but also by other teams. Archway, by... I'll
0: put it this way. I'll put it this way. I want to ask you a question. Yeah. When IQ... Is contributing to a championship level team? What's his minutes, his usage, and his numbers?
1: Uh, he could. I think he can be definitely like a second or
0: third option. You think this. he could be the second best player on? I think he can be
2: what Jordan Poole could be for the Warriors. Yeah, I would put him on that level, and I think he's a better defender.
0: And yeah, I think he's a better player Right now is, is the third is number three, right? Behind like, I think he could be a second or
1: third player. option. That's what I said. Like, I think he'd be a second or third option on a title team. I don't know, like, I don't know how much, if you want to parse that difference to, like, hash it out to that degree, like, sure. Then I guess third option. Fine. But, like, I think he's a guy that can be a third option on a title team.
0: No, like, but do I, you think he's, do you think he's the engine for that team or is he an off-ball player for that team?
1: I mean, was Kyle Lowry the engine for the Raptors in
0: 2019? No,
1: he wasn't. So, like, that's, Kind of my thing is like I don't think he can be the like I don't think quickly or RJ for this matter right,
0: can could be the, quickly be the equivalent of Lowry with that Toronto team with yeah I Rye. think I think that's actually great I think because I think I think that is a realistic I think that's a realistic proposition I don't I don't think that's out of line
2: and it's also it's not just it's also the fact that it's like it's a guy who's probably not going to pop as term of like in terms of like a high level offensive engine. But a guy who does so many things, and Lowry added. Lowry was the kind of guy that, at his peak, I think most fans would or most analysts would call him a twenty top twenty to top twenty five player, maybe top fifteen to top twenty. An all star, but but an all NBA guy. But but in terms of advanced stats, um, you know, if you look at RAPM and like those kind of ratings on three to five year ranges, like at his peak, him him and him and Draymond were like top ten guys a lot. Um, and those are the two guys that pop because they probably aren't considered top ten players, uh, and it's fair to say you know those are advanced stats. But quickly also
0: better to get there. He's got to he's got to be more. No, so so it, so so another so and the
2: the last thing I'll say there is like that is something that quickly is already doing really well because if you look at in his minutes, if you look at if you compare him to guys like Maxi or even a guy like Dejounte Murray or guys of that ilk or young up and coming stars who everyone is gushing about. Quickly compares extremely favorably to them, as in when it comes to advanced stats. Like he's already considered a very high-impact player. Does not have the minutes?
0: You, do you think Quickly or RJ make more All-Star teams in their career? Uh, I think
1: RJ does, just because I think there's always a cachet to.
0: Yeah, and
2: and I think that goes back yeah. to the point where like Quickly's probably not going to be the guy that pops as a as an elite player to people. Uh, uh, you know just from Actually, maybe no, watching the games I'll,
1: I'll just say I'll just say quickly if I'm going to if I'm going to say that he's the best prospect then yeah I'll just say quickly I have to I have to stick with that consistency so
2: yeah quickly even yeah. even even I mean Garland made an all-star team this year and Garland is a better player than Quickly certainly on offense uh, not on defense for sure but that kind I mean, of I mean the improvements he made in the second half of the season in terms of getting to the rim the creativity it's I mean I, I agree with you, John that the the shooting does have to become more consistent uh, but the bigger issue, I think, and Schwinn has talked about this a lot, is the left hand. And if he can kind of be more dangerous going to his left, he's going to be really tough to defend.
0: No, look, I, look, I agree. And again, I, I think Emmanuel quickly can be a very valuable player on a championship-level team. I don't think he can be the number two there. I think he's more of a 3-4 on a championship team. So is-, is it fair
1: to say that he could be—I don't even know how you phrase this, but like, if you have two good scorers— that are better scorers than him. That he could be your like table setting guy.
0: If he's with you, mean like two high usage guys on the wing. Yeah, so so like like, like Kawhi the, and
1: Siakam. Right, exactly. Like, do you think if those are your guys, can he be your
0: table? Oh yeah, oh yeah, guy? or 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 or, or, or Jalen Brown and Tatum. Can he be the point guard? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. sure.
1: Yeah, and so like that's 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 sure what I think. think. Like, I think he would be awesome in that. Like. Yes, yeah, so the Celtics, frankly,
0: I, I, I don't think we're, we're that much off on him, to be honest with you.
2: Yeah, it's just like, I guess, it depends I mean, my, my, like, my ceiling for him was also playing that ilk. I've always said he reminds me a lot of Tony Parker. Maybe it's a lot of it is the, the, the floater and all of that. I, That's like my ceiling comp for him. Maybe better jump shooter and not quite the creativity at the rim.
1: Yeah, my, mine has always been Steph Curry. I've always thought, you know, there's a chin. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but Tony Parker, except for like maybe the end, I would have said he was the best player on the 2014 team. But for the most part of his career, like that's like if IQ really hits everything, that's the kind of impact I think he can have. More likely, it's something in the Lowry Van Fleet ilk, you know? Yeah,
1: and I mean, like there's, I mean, if it's Lowry, I mean that's a Hall of Famer, right? Like that's that's awesome. And actually, it's funny, like I think Lowry was a similar range pick, right? He was like a 22nd or 23rd pick or something like that. Um, yeah, also a little bit
0: older. I think. Be, I mean, Larry was an elite defensive player too. Like, Quick- quickly, he's made progress. He's not there yet. I,
1: I think quickly really good on defense. That's no, another uh, thing I mean, that advanced like stats.
0: I got killed for calling him a better defensive player than RJ Barrett earlier in the year. Like people, oh, yeah. I mean, that's. I, I think. Well, it's like
1: it's a really weird thing because one of his things, if you go back and li- like read his college scouting reports, all of them are like he's a plus defender. He's a really yep. good defender. All of them say that, and then for some reason he got to the NBA, and because. We were using him as a sixth man, which, by the way, I'm not even like. And also, rookie
2: rookies suck at at defense. Let's yeah, be. Yeah,
1: and there. I don't think he sucked at defense. I think he just did like some rookie shit.
2: He and, didn't know what to do. Yeah. Yeah,
1: like, and like, but I think it's it's weird because like he came in as a rookie, and like I think because we were using him in that sixth man role, everybody was just like, "Well, he must suck at defense." And I'm like, like I was like, "Well, I, it doesn't. I don't. I don't think that's true. Like, it doesn't seem like that's true." And also. And I he came improved probably.
2: a lot over the course yeah. of the year. Um, I think he was flat out good this year on defense, I thought. He was really good. I mean, he was weirdly a, an amazing rim protector. Yeah. Uh, that was something that sticks. He knows how to use his length even when he got switched on to, not, not so much when he gets switched on to an island with, like, a big, but in terms of the rotations, like, he knows where to be all the time. He's long. Um, and I think, like, people really kind of underestimate the strength gains he made. Um, and, and it showed up more on offense because there were a lot of times, like, his rookie year, he would foul bait, whereas this year he was just powering through guys and getting he, and ones. He,
1: he started getting and ones at the end of the year. Like, he had one on Tyus Jones where he
2: literally, like, blew him. him off the ball. Like, he looked yeah, no, like other, a beast. The he other looked
0: like... thing with Cookley, by the way, this year, I'll throw this out there, that the change in the foul rules really messed him up for about three months. Until yeah. the referees started calling fouls the way they used to quickly stop playing a certain way, and then when he realized, oh, I can start doing this stuff again, I think that really helped him. Yeah, and I think, I think also just some of it was like...
1: Like, if we're being very... Uh, he just fucking couldn't hit shots for a little bit. That fucked up his confidence, and it, yeah, it fucked up how he was approaching the game, and I think, like, maybe it was a good thing because I do think it forced him to, like, okay, I have to get to the rim more. I have to, like, have a more stable kind of game, right? Like I like the three point shooting stuff is awesome, but that's not like even with Steph, right? Steph's awesome. Steph is the greatest three point shooter ever. But even with him, like the, the what makes him so amazing is that on top of the three point shit, um, he can get to the rim too. But yeah, anyway, look, uh we've talked about this long enough. Uh John, thanks for coming on. Uh plug anything that you would like to plug and uh let people know where they can find you.
0: Yeah, I'm at Twitter at Schmelk. Uh, check out my stuff on the Giants, uh, Giants.com, the Giants mobile app, Giants.com/slash/podcast, Big Blue Kickoff Live, the Giants Huddle. We have a draft podcast too that'll kick back in previewing the college football season, um, in in August. So make sure you guys go uh, go check that. out. It's called Draft Season uh, with Tony Pauline and Eric Crocker. So check all that stuff out, and I appreciate. Hopefully, the Knicks won't mess up free agency, and we'll have a good, fun year next year.
2: Yeah, we're Who'd definitely. Do you have a college team, to... John, or do you What's a college... that? Do you have a college football team, or?
0: No, I grew up in New York City, man. I really don't have it. I married my wife, who's from Iowa, so I've kind of adopted the Iowa Hawkeyes a little bit. But other than that, not really. Good good second-place team in the Big Ten. They are a good second-place team. Hey, they are, they're always in the mix. <laughs> Who came in first last year? Michigan State, right? <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs>
1: uh, all right, let's uh, not end on fighting words. Uh, John, thank you so much. Uh, Stacy, plug anything you'd like to plug, and I love where they can find you
2: um yeah i the i will plug um the great free agency coverage um that we're about to have on the strickland um and i have a pod coming up with matt miranda and cap expert jeremy cohen um on uh on what's going to happen now with with all these picks as well so uh if you, you couldn't get enough here uh with with uh, john's expertise then uh i'm sure you'll enjoy that one too
1: uh awesome man. Looking forward to it. I have nothing myself to plug, so I'll just plug all the way to Strickland. Uh I hope everybody has a great week and I will see you on Friday.